I almost said Monday, but we weren't here Monday. Welcome oh, into a great. Tuesday edition. Along with Bob Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler, JT Noah, uh, producing today. Yep. I got to admit, I like daytime hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My adopted team was playing at like 2.30 in the afternoon yesterday. I'm like, I could use more afternoon sports. This is kind of cool. Um, yep. But it's also not football time, which is de- disappointing. It really depressing. is depressing. I thought you were going to go with Josh. It, it is the it is the NBA doesn't play defense in the all-star game time of year. Correct. Right. And 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 we'll complain about that. Right. That That's what it is. Right. We sit around and we complain about the NBA all-star game here. Here's the word to you. Don't watch. I didn't even know it was on, quite frankly. And I woke up the next morning. And I saw somebody scored like 200 and some points and everybody was complaining that there's no defense. It's an all-star game. What the hell do you want? Well, it was 211 to 186. <laughs> that sounds okay. good to me, right? More offense. Now, I can't say I, you know, I watch from, from start to finish by any means. My only, my only gripe about this is if, if literally LeBron James says, hey, hey guys, yeah, come on over to the crib. We're going to get a workout in. I invited the best of the best. We're going to play. Mm-hmm. They'd have played harder than that. Probably so. Yeah. Because they're doing it for themselves. <laughs> or yeah. or uh, the old, uh, who was that Bulls uh, trainer guy? Right. Um, Tim Grover. No clue. He had his own gym in downtown Chicago. And Jordan, and the he'd invite Jordan, the boys, and they'd come up and play like a second floor gym, you know, in a sure, building. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And they'd, uh, and they'd get after it. Heck, you invite these guys to like Rucker Park. Yeah. They'd have played harder than this. <laughs> it's probably or, true. Or, yeah. or uh, midday at Lifetime or whatever. You right, know, or, yeah. Actually, I saw more action at the J this the old, weekend on the basketball say, yeah, the courts old, than I did in the NBA All-Star the game, right? The midday yeah. game at Prairie Life used to be pretty good that back in the day. That used to be a good right? game, yeah. People would uh, go fisticuffs yeah. in that one, yeah. They'd have played harder than this. Yeah. <laughs> like when the commissioner's up there going, oh, sorry, everybody. Like almost like, sorry, everybody. This was kind of not what we agreed to. Right. And everybody going, I didn't, I didn't agree to anything. I don't know. What are we talking about here? Yeah, well, Something happened. Who, who uh, gets upset over this besides like Stephen A. Smith and, and you know, like guys like that on ESPN? Like, honestly, at the end of the day, we complain about like, we want more offense. We want more offense. We want more offense. They give you more. And I'm talking about all sports, right? Every sport is made like rules mind to make offense all, better. All offense, but you know, you he could guard a little bit, why, right? Why risk yourself though? Yeah. I mean, you, you play defense, you go hard in the all-star game, you get hurt, you're out for the year, you cost yourself, Correct. you hurt your team. But, I but don't blame you don't, these guys. You don't think anybody goes hard if like again, if they invited all these guy all these cats over for a for a game at the gym. Yeah. They'd have played harder than that. What was That's on the, the line, though, too? You know, is there a million dollars a person on the line for the winning team? Is there, you know, anything like that? Bragging rights, anything like that? No, Probably just, not. Just no, fun. Yeah. But if you, I'm saying, if you invited all these cats over and you said competitive juices take over, mm-hmm. and, you know, we didn't. We put them in a little gym somewhere. They'd be balling. Yeah, probably so. It'd be outstanding. Yeah. And this is this is becomes silly. Now I did catch a little bit. We were out to dinner on Friday, and uh, the uh, the All Star celebrity celebrity game was a little fun. Yeah, I watched a little of that too. Yeah, with the sound off, it was difficult, but made it kind of fun because we're watching and we're like, I wonder what the rules are. What is what happens when you hit behind the ruffles line? Oh, never mind. No one can hit behind the ruffles line because these players all stink. Right. Um. And then the, the lights go out and they're shooting for, I'm like, maybe just make the game that mm-hmm. 
Make the all-star game that. Were you wondering if you could see that stuff on the court, too, or if that was just a television how, type yeah, thing, How right? much yeah. you're seeing. Obviously, you could see the, the, the outline of the stars because they were going there to shoot at the spots on the floor or whatever when they right. lit up. But I'm like... Well, why don't you just make the game that? Just have that kind of fun, not yeah. These, not the celebrities, but the real players playing that. Mm-hmm. Would have been a lot better, probably. Yeah. Would have been a lot yeah. better, yeah. I we, mean, they were jacking from the Ruffles line anyway. Yeah. So why not Why not have them at the Ruffles line? Now Get we, a nice job, nice sponsorship by Ruffles. It was great, yeah. So, we were watching a little of that, too, and my wife says to me, she goes, why is Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp coaching? I go, because they're partners. They, they do good things with their partners. Well, and then Stephen A. was supposed to play when anybody hurt his ankle oh, or something. Did he get hurt? I thought he thought he got rolled <laughs> yeah. in a practice or something. Was claiming he was going to play, and uh-huh. then you know others were then going to going to crack down on his illustrious basketball career, right? Um, but well, he played at North Carolina Wilmington, didn't he, or someplace like that? What, like, didn't he play basketball there for a hot minute? If I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah, no, yeah, he played yeah. he played college ball. You know, there's been things that he embellished his mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, you know, that was one of the fights he and Whitlock had. Oh, okay. um, about his basketball career. Gotcha. Whatever. Don't don't go down, still around. Don't go down down that rabbit hole. Just FYI. Um, so yeah, that looked like they were having fun, uh, you know, amidst a terrible basketball. Micah Parsons looked pretty good, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like CJ Stroud's like trying, trying. Yes, he was absolutely trying. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. oh no, this don't is try. Why, this is why Veach told Mahomes no. Yeah, and my wife kept saying that to me the whole time we're watching that game because we were at dinner right, and and there was no sound on. We're just kind of sitting at the bar having I, dinner. I wanted, right? the, I wanted to see the rules. There wasn't enough of the rules right. or or telling me who these people were. Yeah. But other than and that, Paul Hardman, I thought was pretty cool seeing him. You know, participate yeah. in something yeah. like that, getting his 15 minutes of fame and 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 being a part of something special like that. I'm sure that was great for him. If he could have hit a baseline jumper. It would have been nice. But whatever, whatever. But, you know, you don't expect him to hit a baseline jumper. But my wife did say to me, she goes, yeah, they don't let Patrick play in these type of games. She, he would never play in something like this. Could you imagine if like Mahomes or Kelsey showed up to the NBA All-Star game? They'd instantly be the biggest celebrity on stage there at that game on Friday night. And, but and there was maybe more defense on in that Sunday. one than the real game. There and I'm was, like, yes. Right. Someone someone awkwardly is going to get fouled here. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud's trying to ball, whatever. And I'm like, don't, yeah, don't do that. He's man. going to the ring. Like someone's going to accidentally take you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Cause you know, it's going to be an accident because those guys and gals in that type of game literally are trying. That's right. their competitive outlet, right? right? Someone from love Island's going to actually accidentally take your Correct. knees out. And then you get to the NBA all-star game and nobody's trying. Cause right. they don't care. So There's there nothing is, on there, the line. There right? isn't in between. I'll give you that. Right. But then like Michael Parsons looked like he kind of ball. He dunked a couple times. I'm like, wow, that's super. It's good. And then Go some, for it, man. some other white dude with knee pads on. I don't know who, I still don't know who he was. Like, was he a former player? Right. And then who ate Ron Artest? Mm-hmm. Those are my questions coming out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know if Pat McAfee was drinking when he was on the set. When, when what they, was in that cup? Was oh, that Coca-Cola sure. and rum or whiskey? Nah, or was, what was going on in that he's cup? He on a two-week break now. Yeah, he, that he, was that he, was all booze. He's off now for the yeah. next couple he of weeks. So. red solo cup. Forget it. Yeah, you know? he, he was he was going to town on that thing. So, so. That, 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 that I thought was kind of fun. Again, with the sound off, it might have been boring, boring as hell because he didn't know who any of these people were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh and Jennifer Hudson looks great. Yeah, she does. Absolutely. Oh my yeah, gosh, she, she looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, but what, what? This is what we get though with these All Star games, though, it, Josh. This is what it is. Take, the, you know? take those rules to that one. Have some fun with it, and don't try to. Because obviously the players aren't doing what the league wants them to do in this game. 
Right. You know but I mean? what, what is so, the league really expecting? Though? That, that's the thing, because, you know, we let's go back to Major League Baseball for a minute. Remember when they started to make the All-Star game count? Nobody really liked that for home field advantage because they well, thought it only was, if, you know. Well, it only benefits a few teams. And it does only benefit like, a few teams. I think teams, the only right? way you can incentivize it is money. You got to pay the guys, just like you did for the in-season tournament. Like, if you really want the All-Star game to matter and for it to count for something or to get the best out of guys, then you need to give them some cash. You need to give them an incentive to go out there and play the best possible brand of basketball or baseball or football or hockey or whatever the case may be, whatever all-star game you're complaining about. Because I feel like this is rinse and repeat every year, Josh, with every all-star game. And I'm to the point now where I'm going to be 47 this year. You've, you've you know, hit over the age of 50. And I think you're at that point now, too. If I don't like something, I'm just not going to consume it. And these all-star games have gotten to that point for me that just because they're on doesn't mean I'm going to sit down and give my undivided attention to them. I don't find them to be worth the time of day or the time of screen that they're on. I'd rather watch something else that's a little bit more competitive. Like I found myself all weekend watching hockey, like from Saturday at about 11. I wasn't feeling great on Saturday, so I just kind of had one of those days on Saturday where I just sat there and I watched hockey all afternoon. I watched the Bruins play the Kings. I watched the Devils in their outdoor game, you know, play Philadelphia. I watched the next day the Islanders and Rangers in the outdoor game play in front of 75,000 fans. Like those were fun, competitive games. These all-star games are a waste of everybody's time. I, I couldn't tell you if the Pro Bowl already happened. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game completely changed once dudes aren't wearing their own uniforms anymore, right? And everybody's got these terrible fanatic uniforms that don't fit properly. Uh, the, the NBA well, All-Star and then also, Game. also, nobody's recognizable, so at least put them in their uniform. Right, at least put them in like their baseball uniform. Baseball should right, actually yeah. acknowledge you're not a national sport right now. You're a regional sport. Regional sport. People only know their teams. Right. Well, I don't know. The All-Star Game should introduce them to them. So mm-hmm. wear your uniform. Wear your uniform. So we know who's from just, Kansas City and St. Louis and Milwaukee. It, make right? it a little bit easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would, yeah. Make it a little bit better for everybody involved. Like, Acknowledge where you're at in the pecking order. Exactly. Like try to try to recruit new fans instead of just you know putting on a generic jersey but on I mean, everybody. But if you're the right? NBA... You've already got the, which is false, if you watch a game and you watch a game in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, they do play defense in the fourth quarter especially. They buckle down at some point in the game and they can really, really play. But if you're the NBA and you're like, we're trying to use that as one of our standalone events and you don't play mm-hmm. defense and then you have all the people going, see, they don't play defense in this league. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I, you're watching the All-Star the one, game. For the one All-Star game, but that's your, that's your market. That's right. like baseball. Like, acknowledge who you are. Baseball has to acknowledge they're not a national known brand. So, mm-hmm. Uh, do something to have recognizable people associated with various teams. I would think the NBA is the same way. Their their last thing they want to have happen is, oh, they don't play defense. Right. Oh, great. I hear this all the. I hear this stupid narrative all the time. Well, the one game they watched, <laughs> they didn't. Play they any told defense, you to watch. Yeah. They didn't play any defense. Right. So I'd at least make a gimmick of it or something. I mean, do do something goofy. Yeah. Somebody blows the horn. Somebody said play three on three. Like. The horn blows and you, you're playing three on three for five minutes or whatever. Sure. I, I like the one. Remember when no they had substitutions? They had the one where they had the different quarters and you got incentivized or did they? No, they played to. Uh, they did that. Uh, they did the Elam ending. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they did the Elam That ending. one was yeah. kind of fun. Sure. If I remember right, it was, you know, each quarter mattered and mm-hmm. then they raised money for charity or something by, you know, which team won each quarter. And it was pretty cool. And that lasted like a year. Right. I don't know. You might just have to change it every year. Like. 
All right, what, what do you guys want to do this year? Right, or, or you don't, <laughs> or you just accept it for what it is that's going to be 400 points and everybody's going to see these guys shoot. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, and, and I've said this for years. The, the, Make the, it 400 points, but then have, like, you know, getting the rock and jack spot on the floor and let them. But you don't even need that to get 400 <laughs> points with the way, you know, guys are yeah. playing defense in let these games. Hook but shot I, from here is eight, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but I will say this. No, no athlete is better at their job than NBA players are at shooting the basketball. I mean, they are just unbelievable. I mean, when you watch NBA players shoot, Oh, it seems like to me almost every shot is going in. Nobody does that in hockey, baseball. You're successful 30% of the time. You're a Hall of Famer. You know, maybe Mahomes is that way in, in the NFL at times. But I watch NBA players, and I marvel. Like, I really do. I sit there and I go, oh, my God. Yeah, you guys freaks. are so freaking good at what you athletes. do. Yeah. And I don't think NBA players get enough credit for how good they truly are at what they do and what they bring to the table because they they are absolute dynamite at shooting the ball. I, I you know watching a, a a real NBA game that is a lot of fun. And and you sit there and you go, "Man, I could never do anything like that," right? It's like watching Patrick Mahomes. You know you could never do anything like that. And I think that's what makes the NBA so special and 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 really work it's that bad, bad narrative that nobody plays defense is because these guys are so good at shooting that they're able to make crazy shots and they make the average shot look normal and, and and whatnot. So I just think right now, I think a lot of people are barking up the wrong tree with the NBA doesn't play defense, obviously not in an all-star game, but in regular season games, they play defense. And I'd rather sit down and watch an NBA regular season game than any of this garbage that college basketball rolls out. I mean, th- these guys can't shoot to save their lives. I mean, people think, oh, college basketball is so much better. It's not. On no planet is college basketball better than what we watch in the NBA because those guys are so good at what they do. College basketball, you watch teams go two for 20 from the three-point line every single night. That is not entertaining at all. It's uh, it's better atmospheres at times. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, better that's atmospheres, about but that's about it. It's not, it's not, not a better style of play. No, no, no. no, no not no, at all. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, while we were, I don't know, we weren't sleeping. While we were NFLing, mm-hmm. something pretty impressive is happening right under our nose. And we had no idea. We're going to get to that next. won the game so it's you know not that big a deal she's obviously super bowl champions but what a bunch of garbage it nick bolton got fined eight grand for that horse collar tackle in the game how do they come up with the number for this because he was fined eight thousand two hundred and thirty eight dollars to be exact like did somebody just make up that number or how do they get to that is it a certain percentage of your salary i suppose or it's yeah it's 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 probably that kind of sports math right i mean but there's probably some formula that they what use a bunch but, of garbage yeah come on he didn't now. get his money's worth he might as well have twirled him and th- thrown him in the first row i know because that was a weak he call got, oh, a week, it was a yeah. weak penalty to begin with they he were even debating whether he it should have been a penalty he, he kind once he got him he backed off you know mm-hmm. what i mean and kind of just set him down right i mean he might as well twirl him above his head a couple times spiked him on the ground and like you're gonna get fined and penalized anyway yeah get your eighty three hundred dollars <laughs> worth for that right but he was the only fine he to come out of the super bowl right fine to the super bowl he's like what did i do nothing you didn't I, I do anything like, man. grab the back of someone's shirt yeah what a what a joke It's a bad call but you know whatever we're still super bowl champs right we're still yeah. waking up as champs and he's a little bit lighter in the wallet which i think is very unfortunate because he's one of these guys that doesn't make a whole lot of money right now on his uh his rookie deal you know so that's a big chunk of change i'm sure i know i don't know what the bonus is for the for winning the super bowl is a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is minus taxes like nick bolton lost money on this trip down to las vegas <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like 
This is just dumb. Just dumb. So anyway, stupid. So that came out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mizzou, uh-huh. this was happening right under our noses. We didn't even know about it. If you were caught up in an NFL frenzy like right. I was. Yep, me too. Yeah. Um, or just don't care. Missouri basketball. Mm-hmm. Should go for it. Yeah, go for it, man. You're you got this having far. a season, which tells me you're all in. Yeah, you got to go all in. Go, go, go for it, man. Go for it. They're in action tonight at home against number five Tennessee. Oh, and I will oh. say, Mizzou, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't win. Keep being you. That's right. You texted me this over the weekend, and I have some Mizzou friends. They didn't obviously. I had heard it. nothing about I, this, have, right? I had nothing. No. They are 0-12 in the SEC. I had no idea until this weekend. Like, did, did you have any idea no. Missouri I knew was they this awful? I knew they weren't very good. Right. I have one friend in particular that's like, no, they're they're not good. They're hard to watch. Didn't and they I'm like, like, okay. like this coach and this team a year sure. ago? Didn't they make a tournament or get and close or something? After you texted me, I texted him. Like, you didn't tell me you were 0 for. Yeah. <laughs> 0 for 12. Now don't you just run the table and get that number one draft pick? You do. You absolutely do. Don't you, you suck you, you for go. high school prospects? You suck just know, to suck. Know. Name me one. I don't know. Yeah. No, this is perfect for Missouri. They're right where they should be at 0-12 right now. What you and do now is you run the table, you go over, mm-hmm. and then you win a game in the conference tournament. Oh, and that's then you, what you do. Yes. And then you get blasted in game two and you go home. Uh-huh. Why not? You win Tuesday in Nashville, right? Correct. Like you beat Belmont in the SEC win, opener or you something. You win Tuesday yeah. at 11 a.m. <laughs> in Nashville. Against Belmont. In the opening game. And then you go home the next day. <laughs> and, and then you, you go, get housed the next day. You, you yeah. said, we didn't even bring a change of clothes. Yeah. And, you know, and then also don't, like, you didn't bring your your white, you know, because you didn't have to or whatever. Sure. You just wore your road jersey, whatever it is. And you do that. You play up that whole bit. But you don't win it. You don't win a doggone game in the regular season no, now. at this point in time, you, got, what, you hold six on. six left or whatever. So I, I you, the, you, you run the table here. The only reason I know this was going on, not because anybody from Missouri had said anything or that I really looked to see what Missouri basketball is doing. Quite honestly, I don't care what Missouri basketball is doing, but I saw a tweet that said, uh, I think it was from the St. Louis post dispatch over the weekend. It was like, is Owen 18 a possibility for Mizzou? And I'm like, what am I missing here? So I went to ESPN.com because it wasn't behind a paywall. And, and I looked at the standings for the college basketball season. And I saw Missouri city and, 0 and 12 and I texted Josh I go did you have any idea Missouri was 0 and 12 in conference play and immediately he responded back he goes what <laughs> like neither of us had any idea I didn't even know Kansas was the four seed in the big 12 if the season were going to end today right I, I didn't know Iowa State was the one seed in the big 12 so it's not just the Missouri side of things we have been so caught up in what's going on at Arrowhead and what was going on with the Chiefs and making their run to the Super Bowl that this is what happens. Everything else kind of gets left on the cutting room floor. And I think that's okay from, from my standpoint. I only have the ability to digest so much in a day, right? I'm sure as hell I'm not going to watch an 0-12 college basketball team. But now you got to go for 0-18. you got to be memorable, right? You can't go out there and have that one win and be like 1-17. Like you're point? not gaining anything by winning a basketball game. We'll talk with Carrington coming up at 7.50 this morning here on 610 Sports Radio to get his take on this. And really to ask him, Josh, because the main question I have, why haven't you told us this was going this on? Is, this is terrific. This is history. We need yeah. to know about this kind of so, stuff. Tennessee tonight at home. Right. Get rolled. Just get rolled. Yeah, yeah. At Arkansas. Okay. 
But they got some struggles going on down there, right? Damn. Yeah. At Florida. Okay. Home to Ole Miss and Auburn. Ooh, okay. And then at LSU. All right. And then you got a, you're staring at a Wednesday date in Nashville. Oh, it starts Wednesday in Nashville. I thought it was that. a Tuesday at least. Yeah. Just just do that and then win that one. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. Win that first game. But the rest of it, dude, right. you don't need that. Right. Exactly. Just roll. Just run the tape. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing here? So the person that hired said basketball coach that people liked for a, a smidgen, Dennis yeah. Gates, right. is now leaving. Is Dennis Gates is leaving? No, not Dennis Gates. But Uh-oh. maybe you leave before um, you have to fire Dennis Gates. Yeah, after, maybe. Yeah. After a very short tenure. Right. Yeah. The, the Missouri athletic director, I guess, is leaving to go to the University of Arizona. She's leaving the Big 12 or the, the SEC to go to a school in the Big 12. And as you mentioned to me yesterday, she's now the second consecutive athletic director to leave the SEC school and go to the Big 12. And I go, well, that's because the Big 12 is kind of the place to be right now. I mean, it really is. It's like it's like the fun party going on in the Big 12. Everybody kind of wants to be part of it. I don't know if you saw what they announced yesterday, Josh. They're doing their football media days in las vegas this year why yeah be, why not i mean just you, you might as well right i mean you got all those west coast teams now that are coming yeah. into the league in arizona and arizona state utah utah state and, and byu and all those places so they got their wish the league. they yeah. got their wish because they're going to have to travel for everything else uh who's that yeah, those guys those out there yeah, we're like right, well yeah. we'll give you a media we'll day give you the media because we're not playing there, our conference right? championship there and all this yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but i think also too i mean M- missouri was good last year in football there's no getting around that right they were really good but is that sustainable in the sec and will missouri ever be able to knock off the old guard or from an athletic director standpoint is it better to say you know what i've gotten missouri to the level that they can be in the sec I'm going to go take on a new challenge. And a lot of times these athletic directors like these new I, challenges, right? Well, I'm surprised uh, Desiree Reed Francois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed these jobs are so transient, though. Yeah, they really athletic are. Athletic right? directors, because yeah. they're just mercenaries. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you think about like colleges are about, well, it's not so much anymore. I get it. But mm-hmm. like alums and loyalty and. You want to be a part of this, and let's stay together. None of these people ever stay at these jobs. No, loyalty be damned. I mean, I mean unless a, you went to that school, unless you went to that school, you're there on a you're there on a couple year basis. Yeah, you rent, build man. a couple buildings. When the pipeline runs dry, you get the you, hell out. You gotta go, right? You gotta when go. When you squeeze yeah. every dollar out of some dying alum, you get out. Yeah, you wheel that guy out to a basketball game. His dying wishes to give it to his grandkids, and you extort him get for it, cash. You've yeah. taken a job. At another, I mean, I'm just amazed. All these people like you look at like a athletic director's resume and how They're many stops so they long. make, and yeah. you're like. Unless they, again, yeah, unless they land at their alma mater. Right. Which I think she's, isn't she an alumma there or something? At Arizona? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Or had she some is. kind of ties. She is. Yeah, she I thought, is she was alum, but, thought she was an alumma there. But she's taking on a huge challenge because the last AD miscalculated the money of, a, I think it was $177 million. Yeah, there was a, there was a bad situation. Right. You're right That's out also there, the yeah. reason you leave. Yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> too, I mean, like, that's not her problem. So she's coming in. If if I'm the University of Missouri right now and I'm looking for my new athletic director, I'm not hiring somebody that knows anything about coaches. I'm hiring the best fundraiser out there. I'm going to go find the nonprofits in this country that raise the most money and try to poach their fundraisers to be the athletic director. And at, really at any school that has an opening, Josh, because that's what it's all about right now. It's not about hiring the right coaches. It's about raising the most money possible. It's about being in an arms race. It's about building buildings. It's about finding ways to make your facilities better than everybody else. And then the coach hiring pretty much happens 
based on what you have there at the university, right? What you're willing to offer to be the head coach and what kind of facilities do you have? That's what it is now in order to recruit coaches. And so the athletic directors really have nothing to do with the sports side of things. They need to be focused on the fundraising side of things. And I would go out and find the best fundraiser in America and say, you're going to be my new athletic director. I can surround you with people who know about coaches, but I need somebody who's going to come in here and raise money. And if you can raise money at a consistent basis and at a good level for nonprofit organizations, you sure as hell can do that for college athletics. Just pull on the heartstrings of all your alums and say, hey, give us some money, and they'll write you the check. And, so and I will that's be here a, for three years. Thank you. And then I'll be gone, <laughs> and I'll do my thing. But that, that that's what you have to look at if you're looking for a new athletic director right now at Mizzou is hiring somebody who has the ability to go out there and raise a bleep ton of money because you're in the SEC right now, and each day you're not raising millions of dollars. You're falling behind somebody else in that league that is raising millions of dollars. Uh, speaking of raising funds, franchise tag season is upon us. Yeah, we'll get baby. to that next. So we are entering tag time. It is. Time to begins play tag. today, baby. Kids, Let's get go. outside and play a good game of tag. What oh, was wait. the last time you played oh, tag? Wait. We probably can't anymore because somebody... Somebody got their feelings hurt because yeah. they were it. Yeah, Aiden got pushed down. Yeah, and Caden it's over. pushed Aiden, and Jaden stood over Aiden, and Braden laughed. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you set it up. I ran through there the door. Go. That's, yeah. that's good. That's good. So it's. It I is. don't understand how you made my child it during tag. Sit down, Karen. What if you like? Never mind. <laughs> What if you identify as it? Can you play tag? <laughs> can that can play tag? Um, so we're entering franchise tag season. And, you know, a lot of times it's maybe not even something that's on the table. Or, you know, it's a last case scenario for the uh, for the Chiefs. But mm-hmm. it, it might be in play for a couple people. Yeah. None? I, none, maybe. maybe? I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you do in this situation? Because it doesn't look like they're going to tag Chris Jones. The number is going to be extremely high. For Chris Jones, right? $32 million is what Chris Jones' tag number is, Josh, because he's going to get 120% of what he made last year if they tag him again because it's the second tag, right? And when you tag somebody two consecutive years, the next year is 120% of what you made the following year. Uh, Legereus Sneed is another option that you can have as your franchise guy, and that's going to be like what, like a, like a $16 million tag or something like that, a little bit smaller, obviously, than what you're looking for when it comes to, to Chris Jones. But if, if you're not going to tag Legereus Sneed and you're going to let him walk or you're going to – I saw an example of where you tag 
tag Chris Jones and then sign him to a four-year contract and use the last three years as kind of voidable years to spread that money out, you know, over the uh, over the $32 million instead of having that one lump sum hit that salary cap. They could do something like that, and that could potentially cost them Legereus Sneed. This is a tough spot to be in because every time I think about what to do with the the franchise tag, I can make a compelling case to do something completely different than what I thought about maybe five minutes prior right now. And I think if it was for me in a perfect case, in a perfect world, I'd love to tag Chris Jones and sign Legereus Need to a long-term deal. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see a franchise tag with Chris Jones. Or if we do, it'll be a franchise tag and they'll pay him for one year and spread it out over four or five years, which is something they don't normally do, right? Something that the Chiefs don't normally do in those type of situations. So I think it's a really tough spot to be in right now for KC. I'd love to figure out a way to get Jones here on on, on two or three more years and then tag Legereus Sneed and sign him to a long-term deal. But I don't know if those numbers are out there either to be had right. for Legereus Sneed, who wants to be paid. I think Sneed is the interesting one to me because I think he's a stud, right? I think yeah. he's had a, an awesome contract year, but also his improvement warrants getting paid. Like right. He it deserves to get paid. Does, yeah. Like whatever he's asking for, he deserves to get paid. Boom. He's in that spot. Mm-hmm. Second, second contract performing at the highest level. The real problem to me is what do the chiefs think of? Well, we've developed guys. Mm-hmm. That, and that like plays you, in too. You don't yeah. have your, you know, sometimes you draft and you're, you're hoping that's the next and you can elevate. And we've seen that over the years with this, with this Chiefs team, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of get the next guy and, oh, that's, oh, I see that. That's the replacement for so-and-so and kind of move through. Right. And then at that position, we know that they have not spent a lot of money at that position. Right. They've made it work and they made it work very effectively. And then you have this class. There's been other times you've let guys walk. They were pretty good, pretty good corners, right? Mm-hmm. Traverius Ward, yeah. Traverius Ward, maybe the the most recent example, right? Where you're like, oh, move on. Oh, and they see, see Snead elevate. Mm-hmm. Well, they got McDuffie, right? Joshua Williams, mm-hmm. Jalen Watson, yeah. Like, what's to say they go say, yeah, no, he has played great. He has he's played to the top level. We're just not in the market to do that, mm-hmm. and we've got. Two other guys who were uh, either the third corner or the fourth corner, and McDuffie, and we just we do the same thing we did before, and they move on because they've done a great job at that position. They could for sure make that case, and yeah. I probably wouldn't fault them. I like Legarius Steen. I think it'd be great. It'd be awesome if he was in this defense for another four to five years. Right. But what's to say they don't go? Well, you know what? We're we've been really good at defensive backs. Mm-hmm. See ya. See ya. Yeah, we're gonna we're you gonna play move great. On. Yeah, you play great, but we got enough to backfill, and we got other needs. And I think also too the other thing that you have to to realize in all of this is how much they truly do love Trent McDuffie, and and that's where they want to kind of put their money from a defensive back standpoint into Trent McDuffie. Like as good as Justin Reed has been, I think he's probably on the on the Tyron Matthew plan another three years, another three years, another three years. You know, you kind of yeah, rotate you just those keep safeties, rotating that guy out. Yeah, you, you keep young you at draft, that position. You right? draft an, uh, a young guy, you either progress them or you go find the next 
mm-hmm. the second contract guy like you did with Justin Reed. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that type of move. But but I know how much they, they covet Trent McDuffie and how much they love that player, right? And so I would imagine that they're going to kind of allocate those funds that they – and I don't know if they do it this way. Like you have a certain amount of money for each position or whatever. You have a budget for each position out there. And they're going to allocate that something money for in your Trent mind McDuffie, like that, right? You think? I, I would think I mean, you probably, right? You probably do. But Trent McDuffie is, is the prize of that defensive back class. Like, again, I, I can't stress enough how much they love Trent McDuffie. If, if it was a perfect world, they'd get a long-term deal done with Trent McDuffie right now and, and move forward with him. That's how much they love him. And so maybe they think, look, if we're going to allocate this kind of money to one player at that position, we can't allocate that money to two players at that position. And as you mentioned, they've drafted guys. They have guys on their roster, guys that have gotten playing time. And if we read the tea leaves and see anything, you know, from what happened in the past and how it applies to the future, they have let defensive backs go. And it's always been next man up. And next man up has been pretty damn good over yeah. the years here and under then, Brent Veach and company. And right? then with Chris, he's got a, He's got a tango with me. Right. Like, yeah. That's where I'd be. I'd be like hardline on that one. Like, are, do you want to be here or not? Right. Because if you don't, let's stop wasting everybody's time. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Are you going to be here? Do you want to be are the, you gonna the work- face? Do you want to have one more opportunity to win another championship? Do you want right? to be a lifetime chief and you're going to work with us? hmm And if you're not, okay, well, we'll we're going to do what's best for us right. at this point. Then, like, then we got to move on, right? Yeah. And then and then Sneed, I think it. I, to me, Sneed is like, We've done this before. Can we do that again? Mm-hmm. And they and they have done it before. So, They've done a really good job at it. You I know? don't know if either one will be back. <laughs> right. Yes. You can make go a completely different route. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking about who the who the the next round of guys you're going to pay is. Mm-hmm. And so are you looking at the the Boltons, the the Creeds, the Trays, and whatever the next class? And Trent, yeah. Carl Loftus and McDuffie aren't far behind, right. right? And are you are you playing out that you know that next few years out? portion and saying okay can we can we can we do without this i think chris jones is great mm-hmm. he's gonna, if he walks out the door he's not a declining player again he's got he's got a, at least a couple of years remaining that that he's going to be really really good he's not walking out the door but but there's a cost associated with it and then also because you went through this already before are you gonna work with us or not yeah and and the other thing though too though about chris jones tell us where you're at he's one of the three that is a face of this organization too so it makes it a little bit harder like it's it's quote unquote easier to move on from legerius sneed than it is to move on from a guy like chris jones right chris jones has been here for a long time he's part of that core three of patrick mahomes travis kelsey chris jones you put them in a different category of everybody else legerius sneed has been a really good football player but seemingly everybody that's played defensive back since Andy Reid has got here has been a really good football player, right? I mean, you go back to the Marcus Peters days, right? I mean, they even had that Steven Nelson guy thinking he was something special here in Kansas City. So you have had the ability to draft and develop defensive backs. Dave Merritt is an exceptional defensive backs coach right now. You've got Steve Spagnuolo who, who started kind of as a defensive backs coach in this league on your staff right now as the greatest defensive coordinator out there. And so I think if you're just looking at, you know, those kinds of facts right there, you're probably saying to yourself, okay, we're going to have to let Legereus Sneed go, let him go out there and get the biggest offer possible, but let's make sure Chris Jones signs a quote-unquote legacy contract here in Kansas City, if that term makes sense, right? It's not so much that we think Chris Jones is going to be this dominant of a player in the next couple of years, but we want Chris Jones a part of this. We're going to do something that we don't normally do as an organization. Make make him a life or maybe spend a little bit more money, keep him 
in the fold, keep him as a lifelong chief, and at the end of the day, everybody is happy. And again, with the track record of developing defensive backs, it's probably easier to let Legereus Sneed go than it is to let Chris Jones go. As much as I would keep Legereus Sneed, I understand the reasoning and the rationale of why you would let him go because you got a lot of young defensive backs on your roster and you've done an amazing job of identifying and developing defensive backs. Shamari Connor was pretty good this year. Like, yeah, you know I mean? right. Like you, yeah, gotta, exactly. you almost got a pipeline. Yeah, like, right, yeah. Right. Can you, can you afford to do that? Right. Maybe. Uh, there was some underground buzz shut down by a Royals big contract. I'll tell you what it is next. So this would have been bad, or would it, or is it real, or is it not? But I think the options had to have been out there. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. has signed a new long-term deal in Kansas City, of course. Everybody's really excited about that, right? Uh, A reporter that covers the Marlins by the name of Craig Mish at the Miami Herald reports that there was at least some trade discussion involving Bobby Witt Jr. He says a, a trade that would have included a rookie pitcher, Yuri Perez, for Bobby Witt Jr. And Yuri Perez is considered the best prospect in the Marlins system right now. He was now, 20 right? years old last year when he made his big league debut. Right. He was ranked as the number seven prospect in all the game by mm-hmm. Baseball America. Really good prospect. But again, a prospect, right? And pitched last year, 19 starts, a three-something ER, just a little over three mm-hmm. ERA. Had a, had, a, had a solid season, age 20. Right. right? Uh, but he had reported that the Royals and Marlins may have been in a discussion to to make a deal. Mm-hmm. And those were the, the key young player names. Right. You heard about Vinny Pasquantino being offered up, uh, you know, in this off season as well for Jesus Lazardo, the, uh, the Marlins pitcher. And uh, that would have been a nice trade. I think for the Royals, if you were able to get, you know, another pitcher, because I, I still think this organization right now needs a couple of more top arms at the, at the top of the rotation, right? Like Blake Snell is still available. He's out there. Maybe he's going to the Yankees today. I, I don't know, but that was kind of a hot rumor a little bit yesterday that the Yankees were pushing forward to make a kind of a, a move for him. And so, but I also, think this is why it was important to get this deal done for Bobby Witt so we're not here having these conversations Josh we can still talk about trading Bobby Witt if it doesn't go well here in Kansas City right and you get to the end of that contract and you may think okay let's trade Bobby Witt before you know he has the ability to be a free agent but for the most part now all of these rumors are put to rest and now the Royals can focus on building around Bobby Witt Jr. And I think they've done a pretty good job this off season of doing that. They added a couple of pitchers into their lineup. As we've talked about, they've, they've increased you know, the arms that they have in the bullpen. You're getting Vinny Pasquantino back. I'd love them to go out there and add another legitimate bat to the lineup this off season, because I still think you need a little bit more protection in there, you know, for, for Bobby Witt and for Vinny Pasquantino. I don't know that Salvi provides you enough of that protection by himself. Michael Garcia, 
Garcia obviously is another name uh, that they love in this organization that they believe can be a pretty big player sometime. But I still think you need another legitimate bat for more protection in that lineup. And I would love at least one more starting pitcher of a name of somebody that we recognize that we know that can be at the top of that rotation. But you can't accomplish everything in one offseason. And I think this one offseason for the Royals was really, really good. Now you've got your core in place. You've got some guys that have, I don't want to say a long-term deal, but not just people are just not on one-year deals here in Kansas City anymore. You got guys on two- and three-year deals. Now you can start building around Bobby Witt Jr. and really starting to identify those issues that you need help in each offseason. Or if you get off to a really good start this year, identify him in the middle of the yeah. year and go make a trade, right? We're going to talk to uh, Josh Verner, our Royals insider, coming out in about five minutes. I'm calling it Royals 101 because yeah. now we're like... All right, it's here. Tell us about it. Right? Sure, right, yeah. Um, especially, especially those of you who haven't been dialed into it. Right. I would probably be in that in that uh, Absolutely. Camp. I mean, so, how could you not now, be dialed into it when when the Chiefs are going? Now back on, right? to this 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 you know at least discussion or whatever. At the time, I think you'd have been all for it. Like mm-hmm. if you weren't going to sign Bobby Witt Jr. to a long term deal, right? Find your best deal. find your best. And deal. if your best deal included turning flipping him for a very young pitcher, right? I think you would have had to consider that. Absolutely, you like would've. start yes. with start with pitching, right? right. Start with pitching, then build bats around it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that that would have been a that would have been a, a smart move. Right. Absolutely, would have been a smart move. Would have been a great move if, if, if you could do if something like you that. You couldn't yeah. get something done with him. What can you get back? Right. A top ten prospect mm-hmm. guy who then went on to make his major league debut last season. I think it would have been very much worth considering. Absolutely. And, and I time. think, I, look, I, I truly believe that, like, if I ever sat down and talked to Dayton more one-on-one about his biggest mistakes here in Kansas City, and he asked, what do you think were my biggest mistakes? I'd flat out tell him, you held on to everybody. You never were able to move on from players. And if you have a guy like Bobby Witt, who you know is a really good baseball player, but doesn't show an interest in signing a long-term deal, then you've got to move on from those guys if you're in a market like the Kansas City Royals. And the and the Royals didn't do that under Dayton Moore, right? We got nothing for Eric Hosmer. We got nothing for Mike Moustakas. We got nothing for Eski. We got nothing for Lorenzo Cain. We saw all those guys walk and sign you know contracts elsewhere, and we were left holding that bag. And so I think that ultimately was the downfall for Dayton Moore. They should have been a hell of a lot more transactional. And I know you and I talked about this, you know, off the air and on the air. And in numerous times, you go, I don't want to be the Marlins. But you know what? You really should have been the Marlins. That would have been the right way to do things and would have rebuilt your organization. And you probably wouldn't be sitting here with 100 losses every year. Maybe Dayton Moore still the general manager and we're, we're moving forward. But they fell in love with their own players. I mean, Mondi, they wouldn't get rid of. My God, they had to wait till. JJ came in before anybody would consider getting rid of Mondi in this organization. So I think that was their biggest mistake. And I love the fact that you're hearing stories about this, whether they're true or not, that show that, hey, if we're not going to get a deal done with somebody, we don't care if everybody loves them. We got to maximize that player because players are assets to organizations. And I know Dayton never wanted to look at it that way. And I applaud him to an extent on that. But at the end of the day, players are assets and you have to do what's best for your organization, not what's best for that individual. Player. Now you might've fallen in the same trap with this, this 20 year old too. Like what, what would have been a, his incentive to sign long term, right. you know, you, you don't and, know, and but you just it, keep doing it. You and, know? and, and one for one probably wouldn't have made them a, ton of sense because you're swapping one thing for another but right. if it was part of a package deal that those were the kind of the the at least the the freshest faces that they were a part of it and there were some other pieces it might have been compelling sure. certainly at that time now you've you've made that whole thing moot by by signing it, right which is, and, which, is and, awesome. which is great now you're now you're going on a different path right cool. i like this path go for it. i do too love this path now uh now see where we're at and, all right we'll talk so 
Talk to Vern coming up in just a few minutes. You found your new favorite baseball player. Yeah, Anthony Rendon. And, 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 and the reason Anthony Rendon is my new favorite baseball player is because he's honest. And he said yesterday, baseball has never been a top priority for me and that I play the sport to make a living. And I heard him say that yesterday, and I can immediately think of the sports getting your playbook guy that's pissed off today, right? They're, they're angry that Anthony Rendon is not prioritizing baseball over everything else. And he said this, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Rendon 33 noted that getting married and having four children has changed his perspective, but also emphasized that baseball remains a priority, even if it isn't his top priority. Oh, it's a priority for sure, because it's my job, he says. I'm here, aren't I? (laughs) So these are the comments that he was making yesterday, and I'm like, this guy's bringing reality, though, to the equation. I wish everybody thought that way about Anthony Rendon. No matter what job you do, your priority should be your family, first and foremost. And if that job starts to get in the way of your family, well, then you need to prioritize and make sure that you're thinking of your family first because Anthony Rendon, Josh, knows as much as anybody who's employed in the United States today, why in the hell should you have loyalty? Because nobody has loyalty to you, right? And and that's the biggest thing. Companies want you to be loyal to them all the time. But are they going to be loyal to you? Is Are the Angels going to be loyal to Anthony Rendon? Are they going to trade him when the going gets tough and they look like they can maximize him? So I'm thinking to myself, Anthony Rendon is right on, man. you got to prioritize your family first. That is his job. And I know sports fans don't view it that way, right? But it is what it is. Anthony Rendon going to work every day is like us getting up and going to work my, every day. I, I agreed. But my advice would be um, say it. Or uh, uh, think it, don't say. Say it, don't spray it. That was thing I was yeah. going to go there, uh, but I couldn't come up with the, the right the right one to go through. <laughs> don't say it out loud. Fans don't want to hear it. Heck, your employer shouldn't either. They got two hundred forty five million dollar deal invested in you. Yeah, you can believe it all you want. It can be the truth. Uh, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I, just, I just love the honesty. I, by I, him. I, yeah. I, I believe he's being honest, and he's far <laughs> from the only player that's a paycheck player. Give me. Yeah. I mean, I've. Better. Most guys in sports are paycheck yeah. players. I hate yeah. to break it to yeah. you, right? They 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 love the game, but it's a means to an end. Right? Heck, they got into it because it was a means to an end. Right now, you know he I mean? has hurt a lot. He hasn't played more than fifty eight games of his any four seasons with the Angels so, because of injuries. Right? So <laughs> that is a problem. You know what I mean? Like you can right. you can believe it all you want. Keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I applaud the honesty, Keep it to yourself because all this is doing is opening the door to, oh, why injure all the time? Oh, because the game doesn't mean anything to yeah. you. Uh, so it leads to fans getting after you, mm-hmm. right or wrong, and it leads to your employer going, we signed this guy who's not even committed to the game. Right. But that's your so, fault. That's why it's so important to make sure you so sign you, the right you better, players. You better, you better know your 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 people you know general managers will say over the years it's not about making sure you sign somebody who did good things it's making sure you sign somebody and they're going to continue to work for the money that you gave them there's plenty of people who have gotten to the league or gotten to the show and that was the goal plenty of them sure yeah my goal was to get drafted or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. my goal was to always get drafted okay you got drafted now what now what? and there's a lot of them that, that that's where it ends sure they got drafted they had a very short career and they're off to do something else. Mm-hmm. There are others that say, no, I want it to be a success. Anthony Rendon could have been, man, I just want to get that first big contract. Yeah. 
Good. You Good. got it. You got it. Yeah. I don't think I'd say it out loud. That's but, but, all. But that's one of those things. <laughs> that That's on the team. You sign that player. You need to do your due diligence and know whether or not that's yeah. a person who's deserving of that money. The right? side was like, crap, I didn't ask that question, did I? Darn it. Yeah. I said, where do you see yourself in five years? I didn't say, do you, uh, do you prioritize this do you job? Pri- yeah. Do you prioritize this job? We're checking now with our Royals insider. They won the only uh, Josh Vernier, as I've called this, Royals 101. Uh, for those of us, Vern, me included, uh, venturing out of the uh, the haze that was football, uh, I'm going to start here first. What should we know about these Royals? They made the improvements required to go through an entire summer calling something the evaluation season. Uh, when that evaluation reads 56 and 106, you need wholesale changes. Uh, We spoke at the end of last season talking about how they need eh, to replace 15, 16 of their 26 players. Well, uh, they they came darn near close to changing out 15 or 16 on that 26-man roster that we're going to see on opening day. So uh, that, to me, is a reflection of ownership. Um, Outside of ownership passing its tasks, Uh, J.J. Piccolo and the players, uh, they're now on the clock. It appears as if the general manager and the rest of this front office had a terrific offseason. But if this team starts off slow in April and May, I think I'll get laughed off the radio if I continue to bring up, hey, but they spent all this money this offseason. No, now is the time to deliver not only for the front office, but also the players. And when you look at the clubhouse and, and who needs to produce, there's maybe one, two, three players that I can take to the bank. You know, Bobby Witt Jr., I'd say Michael Waka, uh, and maybe you want to throw in a, a Will Smith, one of those uh, relievers that you brought in this offseason. Look, compared to last year's 56-106 and 106 team, they're a lot better. But when you pan out when you look at the rest of major league baseball and you see that it's going to be Michael Waka against that team's number one. It's going to be uh, Cole Reagans against that team's number two, Seth Lugo, Brady Singer, and then we'll see in the number five spot. Uh, Yes. The Royals are better equipped to fight this season. Uh, But when you look at the rest of the major league baseball, even when you look at the rest of the American league central, uh, they're improved, but in no way are they promised uh, in exciting July or August. To me, the focus right out of the gate is maintained through May. Hover around 500 and allow us to enjoy the month of June. Give yeah. us some entertaining summer baseball. Yeah, well, we, we haven't had that in a very long time. As here. long as that's not the slogan. Right, the yeah. Terrible yeah. Hover around like, 500. Or, no, no, yes. maintain through May. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the alliteration, Don't though. Don't put yeah. that on a T-shirt, you know? Yeah, so, so Vern, I, I think, though, as, as, as fun as this offseason was and getting those new guys, to me it's still going to be about how this young core develops because without the young core developing, it doesn't matter who you surround them with. If they're no good, well, then we got to start over from square one. And so is Brady... Brady Singer going to take that next step? Is Cole Reagan's going to be able to put together back-to-back seasons? What's going to happen with Daniel Lynch? Let's take a look at what's going to happen with Vinny Pasquantino and Bobby Witt. Do both of them take the next step? Does Michael Garcia, you know, kind of take that next step in becoming an everyday Major League Baseball player that you can rely in night in and night out? That's where I'm kind of looking at this thing. Do those veteran guys help the younger guys take that next step forward, Vern, and truly be a core that not only you can build around this past offseason, but during the season and off seasons moving forward? forward 
And the veterans can only do so much. And let's also note the veterans need to go out there and duplicate what they've done. Waka needs to be that he, the guy that he spent a majority of his career. Lugo must duplicate what we saw last season. Reagans has to match what he did in the second half of last season. And that's to compete. If those three things don't happen, I don't know if this team can compete late into the summer. Uh, my big question is, do you have four reliable bats? Bobby, no doubt about it. Vinny Pasquantino, if he can stay healthy, I have no doubts about the undeniable Vinny Pasquantino. He is a monster at the dish. Outside of those two, you, you feel good about Hunter Renfro in the back of his baseball card the same way you feel good about Salvador Perez in the back of his. But you also acknowledge that they're on the uh, back nine of their career. Sure, Salvi's a little bit further on the course than Hunter Renfro. Uh, but if, if, if it's not those two, if, if Salvi is declining, if, if Renfro is unable to match what he's done in years previous, who are those other bats going to be? It's fun to talk about what Michael Garcia and Michael Massey and MJ Melendez could be, uh, but we've been doing that in this city for the past decade. Uh, if those guys that, that you mentioned, if they don't meet or exceed expectations, yeah, yeah, this could be another one of those summers where it's, uh, I enjoy going to the game. Bobby always puts on a show. But if Bobby, Vinny, and Salby don't run into a three-run dinger, uh, it could be a long night. Now, uh, I know that might sound similar to last season. I think the difference between this year and last year is you're going to have the pitching staff that's going to allow you to maintain through May. Now, uh, injuries are going to happen. That pitching staff is going to take a beating over the first 60, 70 games. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they uh, if they can stay healthy, see if they can win that battle of attrition as the season goes on. Uh, but eventually the bats will need to uh, make up for any sort of step back or decline from that pitching staff. I know Bobby can do it. We know Vinny can do it. Who else is in that lineup right now with a lot of question marks? You can maintain through May in order to jump through June and July. There so you we, go. We I can, like that. I can continue yeah. this going if they, yeah. if they, if they weren't it. All right, and see. excel in August. <laughs> Boo. Uh, boo. Not really. Uh, so I've seen a lot of win projections at like, you know, 72. So that's 72 and 90. That'd be what a 16 game Big, yeah, improvement. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that too much? Is that massive? Is that warranted? Should it be better? I like that. I think last time we spoke, uh, Bobby mentioned 72 and that sounded right to me. That's a massive jump. But the reason why last year was so atrocious was the pitching. So when you go out and you bring in two guys that look, I'm not going to, say that Waka or Lugo or any of the relievers that they brought in are the equivalent of James Shields or Wade Davis or, or Greg Holland. Uh, and that's fine. Again, we're talking about a 70 to 72 win team. All I really, well, there are a lot of things I wanted out of this off season, but the main thing I wanted out of this off season is I didn't want Bobby, Vinny, Massey, and Mike Hell to become losers like Merrifield and Lopez and Dozier and so many in the past have, uh, and not to knock them, but you show up to the ballpark understanding that we're probably going to lose, expecting to lose, and accepting that you're going to lose. Uh, in the previous regimes, as we've talked about, they made sure that didn't happen to Moose and Haas in that summer of, for that offseason going into 2013. Waka, Stratton, Smith, Schreiber, Lugo, all of these pitchers that they brought in, it's going to allow Bobby and Vinny and the rest of these young bats to stand on that first baseline on opening day 
and no longer feel the pressure of if we don't get the job done, we're going to lose. If we don't put up six runs, we're going to lose because now we have a pitching staff that's at least going to keep us in the game. Now, it's not, again, a great pitching staff, but if we could scratch across four runs or more, yeah, we got a chance to win. We all remember the four or more statistic from back in the day in 2013 and 2014 where, man, if this offense could string together some hits, the pitching was good enough to make it hold up. I think you're in that situation. Now, I don't think you have the hitting that you did back in 13 and 14, but you might, and that's what we're excited about. Talk with Josh Vernier, our Royals insider here on, on 610 Sports Radio. So it, I know we always look at, like, you know, Josh was talking about a 16-game improvement from the prior year. But why do we always do that? Why can't this team go out there and be better than just a 16-game improvement? Like, everybody in baseball acts like that's impossible to do. But when you've had this many changes like the Royals did, what does last season even really matter for what's going to happen this season? Yeah, that's a fair point. Thank you. They could. They, they, they could win this division. Now, the rhetoric you're hearing from Royals camp is the exact same thing you're hearing out of the Detroit Tigers camp, out of the Chicago White Sox camp. Uh, the Twins are ready to repeat, and the Cleveland Guardians feel as if they went nowhere. So the excitement about uh, the stank in the American League Central, you, you, can, you can miss me with that. I, we've... Many people in, in, in baseball have waited for the White Sox to win the division. They were supposed to be the team of the past half decade. That never came to fruition. Right. Um, well, they had a manager yeah. that was sleeping most of the time, you know. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that certainly didn't help. Uh, a clubhouse that was – and listen, I'll say this about the team that Matt Quatrero has this year. This is much more of a Matt Quatrero type of team, much more of a Tampa Bay type of team where, yeah, Vinny and – and Salvi and, and Bobby will probably play, and Mike Hal will probably play every single day. But everybody else is according to the matchup. You're going to see a lot of different lineups again this season. You're, uh, yeah, Waka's going to eat up some innings. Hopefully Cole Reagans can eat up some innings. But you're going to see a lot more mixing and matching because the talent on this team is just superior to where it was a year ago. But as far as why can't they make that big jump, what does last year have to do with anything? Well, last year just goes to show you uh, how many unproven commodities they have. Could they all hit? Could they? Uh, could Massey become that uh, two seventy-five, fifteen home run guy? Yeah, he could. Michael Garcia could become uh, that consistent bat that this team wants at the top of the lineup. That's what spring training is all about. You you can see how it could go very well, and you could see how it could go uh, very poorly. Um, right now, I'm. I'm sitting in the middle until until they take the field, until we start to see, is Bobby gripping that bat really tight like he has the previous two Aprils, or has the additions of Waka, Lugo, and the rest of this pitching staff allowed him to just let the game come to him? You mentioned very early on they did what they had to do to, to be competitive. If it doesn't work, do they get spooked? Like they spent a lot of money this offseason. Do does, it, does it bank on that it has to pay off for the, the franchise to continue to try to do those things. I think if you look at the contracts, they're out of most of, most of them by 2026. There's a new CBA at the end of 2026. Uh, so, so no, no, I, I think what these off season moves 
did was was buy J.J. Piccolo and the rest of his front office some time to rebuild that farm system. You know, ideally, Asa Lacy's in this rotation. Frank Mazzucato's knocking at the door. Some of the draft picks over the past half decade would 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 be here, ready to take over for the uh, the Brad Kellers and the other departing pitchers from this rotation. But instead, uh, those guys don't pitch, aren't in baseball, are always hurt, or are just no good. So you had to supplement them with a hundred and ten thousand dollars worth of free agents. No, John Sherman doesn't seem to be scared money. Uh, He's shown me nothing that says, uh, oh, he's going to get tight with the purse strings. If this thing goes South now, they, they, if this thing goes South, they could trade some players, certainly mid season at the end of this season. Uh, But no, I, I, I I, I can't imagine John Sherman uh, ever being afraid of, of making his team better because I truly think this, yes, he has a lot of civic pride, uh, but I also think he's a competitor. I do think he has an ego. I do think he was embarrassed by last season, and I don't think he wants to go down that road again. All right, Vern, I got a friend that works in minor league baseball, and he is convinced that the Royals will be trading everybody by the deadline. Convince him why he's wrong. Well, they don't have enough pitching to supplement trading everyone. So if you trade Waka and Lugo, and well, you could trade the relievers. But if you trade Lugo and Waka, I, I don't know who's replacing them in the rotation. Now, I, I guess it could turn into another, uh, <laughs> we're watching an opener every other day. You know what? Tell your friend to just shut up, man. Not, not right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I do, though. I do. Yeah. I've had the conversation I mean, with him, right. you know? He, yes, he's right. It could happen. Uh, but they would have to be as bad as they were last year. And I just can't foresee that the pitching is improved. And, and, and as we talked about all last season, if you can't pitch, you can't win. I, I think the Royals will be able to pitch. I think they'll be able to win a few more of those 50, 50 games that they were coming out on the wrong side of last year. So uh, is it possible they trade everyone? Of course. Is it likely? Uh, no, as, especially the, the big name free agents, the, uh, uh, Waka and Lugo, okay, uh, 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 Renfro, some of the relievers, sure, yeah, yeah, th- that could make sense. But guys that are not only uh, leading the pitching staff, but leading the rotation and probably leading the clubhouse, I don't know if you want to part with them after you've already sent a message that, you know, uh, it's a different day in Kansas City. You send that message to Bobby and Vinny, uh, what are they thinking about all of that uh sell job you had this off season of, 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 of we want to win the division to have an about face three months in, I think would be a very bad look maintained through may. I love it, Vern. Thank you, Clang. You yeah. know, you're going to be hearing a lot of it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can't wait. That's Josh Vern. You're our Royals insider. And of course uh, they have a game this week, Bob. I mean, yeah, I know this week it starts. I feel like, I feel like spring training is caught up real fast. Mm-hmm. Well, they, spring training, like they go down there, they pull a couple of rubber bands on a yeah, fence and, and then they play games. It's time to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Friday they get, they take on the Rangers. I mean, I, I knew I mean, you knew it was the Rangers. Yeah, cool. we well, it always is, we right? Always knew yeah. it, was, it was the the Rangers. So yeah. Here we go. That's Josh Vernier, our Royals insider. Of course, you'll hear him before and after each and every Royals game right here on 610 Sports Radio. Call a little Royals 101 today as we all kind of catch up. Uh, the franchise tag doesn't mean you can't go after someone. We'll see if anyone warrants it, though. Next. So we discussed the uh, franchise tag a little bit earlier. 
obviously from like our direction, but others can put yeah. the franchise tag on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't preclude you, and it does make it difficult for uh, for you to go to acquire somebody. Sure, if you want to give up some picks. I don't know if there's any of these names that would warrant that. The trade, the uh, the tag candidates include T. Higgins. Not for two first round picks. Like I like T. Higgins. Right. I do too. Mm-hmm. But he ain't free. Right. I like the free and free agent. Correct. I'm not giving up two first round draft picks for T. Higgins. Sounds hot. Yeah. Sounds too hot for me. Uh, Michael Pittman, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, is anybody Brian Burns? Not two first round draft picks. No. I mean, I like him a lot, but I don't know that I'd be willing to give up two first-round draft picks, especially if you end up signing Chris Jones back into Kansas City, right? If you end up getting a deal done with Chris Jones, then I don't need to invest that money in no, Brian Burns. for, for sure. But and I'm especially you, since he's an end, and George Karloftis has played great. Now you've got to go, Felix ready If you to wanted go. to go younger, guy coming out, getting his second contract, that type of thing, you want to yeah. go younger and do that. I mean, the problem with the problem with with Chris Jones is there aren't Chris Joneses. Right, exactly. There's not many of those like guys out there. No offense to yeah. George Karloftis, really good end. You're not moving him inside. No. You know, I mean? uh-uh. He's not going to give you the flexibility to do what you do with Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Chris is a unicorn. Is Felix that type so, of guy, though, that maybe you can move so. around? I don't think he no. is either, but I mean, we big. don't really know. We right? don't really know, but he's not that big either. Right. I mean, Chris is a freak. Yes. Yeah, there, there's and certain people that are just different than everybody it else, is right? one of a kind. Now, can I also make the argument that if you don't have him, you just do it differently? Yes. Right. And I think they will. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have a Chris Jones, you're not doing Chris Jones-type things with just any player. Right. Right? You're going to have to do it differently. Same goes for Sneed. If you got rid of Legereus Sneed, mm-hmm. I don't think that, that you know, oh, you don't have a guy who's given to give up no touchdowns to a wide receiver? Okay, well, then we have to acknowledge we're going to give up touchdowns to a wide receiver and have to do things differently. Can they do that? Yeah, certainly they can. Sure they can. Would it be nice to have that guy that doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gives you, gives you a great sense of security. So. Yeah. Um, I think the difficult part is the tag one is got that. Can we afford it when you tag somebody? And then on the flip side, is there really anyone worth ever like flipping the table for? Right. It's funny because they'll trade draft picks to move up, but you give up two firsts and you're like, mm, that's a lot. Well, right? especially you'll, you'll give up first to move up in the draft a lot. Right. But giving up two first to get somebody else eh, seems like kind of a steep price. Well, I think when you, you move up in the draft, you're drafting the unknown and you're also giving up picks, Josh, for guys that are a lot younger than where they are in free agency. And a couple of years of wear and tear in the NFL makes all the difference in the world, right? I mean, you're trading up for young guys who don't have any wear and tear from an NFL standpoint on them. So, and also too, I think when you make trades in the draft, those things get lost more than if you gave up two first round draft picks for a guy who was designated the franchise player. And then the expectation on that player is huge. Like if you gave up two first round draft picks and brought T Higgins in here, first of all, you had made the comment to me, I think off the air the other day was like, do we even know that T Higgins can be a number one wide receiver, right? He's always had Jamar chase alongside of him in Cincinnati to be that number one guy. Can T Higgins be that guy? Or as I make an outdated reference here, 
is he going to be Alvin Harper when he went to Tampa and left Michael Irvin in Dallas and then got to Tampa and realized, wow, this guy's just a pedestrian wide receiver. He was only good because Michael Irvin was on the other side of the field. So those are the things that you have to kind of account for. And I was looking at Although this. I need a one if you believe Rashi Rice is a one. Well, Can somebody come here and be who they are? Could be, but is that worth two first-round draft picks Probably then to go not. get a number two? It's not. It's no. not. It's 100% not yeah. worth it to go get a guy like that, especially when you have a draft this year that is loaded with oodles of noodles of wide receivers, right? I mean, it's not just, and you I, know, Marvin Harrison Jr. at the top of the draft. There's about six or seven legitimate first-round wide receivers coming out in this draft. I would want him with the expectation you're going to elevate. Same goes for, like, Gabe Davis. I see Gabe Davis's name a, a lot. A lot, a lot. right. I, I really don't want Gabe Davis the baseball card. Right. It's okay. He's been really good against us, but he it's comes okay. in here. The expectations are four touchdowns a game. That's I'm unrealistic. I'm just saying he's yeah. 750 yards, seven touchdown guy. Yeah. But you know for what, free, Josh? That's free. most of the wide right, receivers right. in but this I'm saying league. For, yeah. Hey, here's a here's a guy who could be a big time free agent. What's that worth? Yeah. I can kind of go find that. You guy. can find that guy. I would want he's Gabe an Davis everyday to come wide here, receiver, and he's now. 1100 yard and 12 touchdown guy. Right. But is that a fair expectation? Not when you have Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice who've already done that. Probably not. Yeah. So do you even have to go do that? If you believe Rashi Rice is a thousand yard double digit touchdown guy. Right. Do you need more complimentary than you do over the top? Right. I think. I I don't know. They're going to have to decide that. you, you, You probably need like one name free agent, you know, that everybody knows and gets excited about. And then you go ahead and you draft and and you just kind of, I mean, you're kind of hitting it out of the park right now with your drafting and developing in this organization. Right. And so that's the route that I would, I I would, you know, continue to say, you know, go, go that way. I'm not saying you, you don't identify the wide receiver position this off season because you do, you have to go out in free agency and sign somebody, but you also have to draft someone. The other guy that I wouldn't, you know, go after if he's franchised, but I'd be willing to do a two year deal is Saquon Barkley. I'd have him for two years with Mahomes. I think that could be a nice addition to this offense. That's interesting. <laughs> not a position I would look for. And then, I mean, they're not going to, fran- he's available, right? Are they going to really franchise him? I don't know. They may. I mean, they're definitely not worth, worth it if they do. But uh, but if he's free, free, do you, free, do free? you look at other options to play a one-two tandem? Because I do think you have to think about, as good as Isaiah Pacheco is, you do have to think about maintaining the wear and tear. But who who else is on right? the roster right now from a running back standpoint? You don't have one, right? And no. I'm not going to break the bank for Saquon Barkley. Somebody will end up breaking the bank, I think, for Saquon Barkley. But if I'm the Chiefs and, and you can get Saquon Barkley to come here for like a two-year deal... That's all I'd be willing to give because of that running back position. I'd give him a two-year deal. He is in and then that. In two years, he need two running backs. Well, that's the nature of the beast. And that's the nature of the beast. Again, I don't think position, Isaiah right? Pacheco is probably going to be more than a one, one-term uh, running back. Yeah, I'm not giving him a long-term yeah. contract. He runs too hard, and he's already been banked up. Right? He's already what injured a couple of times. So I, I'm not signing Isaiah Pacheco to a long-term deal. I'm not signing any running back to a long-term deal. But if you could get a healthy Saquon Barkley in this offense, he can give you what Christian McCaffrey gives you in San Francisco, and gives you a little bit of a dimension that you don't have. And maybe then the wide receiver doesn't become as needed if you have Saquon Barkley catching some passes out of the backfield. But again, that's a pipe dream because somebody will overspend for Saquon Barkley, I think. I don't believe he's going to be out there for a 
a, 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 you know, hey, here's a two-year deal from the Chiefs come play in Kansas City for the league minimum type of contract. But if it got to that point and nobody is signing Saquon Barkley, I'd absolutely offer him a two-year deal, not to break the bank or anything, but a two-year deal, come here, win a couple of rings, and go about your merry way, right? I would, I would think the uh, the next running back you've never heard of. Probably, and you're probably I mean, right I mean, about that. I, right, I'm right. Not, I think you've heard of him in like the fantasy in your fantasy league, right, or whatever. But right. it'll be the next Jarek McKinnon. Sure, somebody, somebody that you're not counting on. Yeah. It's not going to be a which, big signing, and I understand that. They've they've been pretty good at that too. I'll I'll let them. But do that. you look at that free agent list of guys that can be potentially tagged, and not one of those players uh, on there do I say is worth giving up two first round draft picks to go after. Just go out and draft your own guys. You've had a lot of success doing that. I'm all in for the drama, and there's a good hypothetical that would deliver. We'll get to it next. Carrington Harrison for the drive is going to drop by coming up in a little over 10 minutes, about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, because the greatest thing happening in sports right now is happening at Mizzou. I'm telling him as well. And we want to know why he was holding out on us. Yeah, why he didn't tell us this information. Share this information. This is good stuff. We'll get to coming up with Carrington. I'm all for the uh, for the drama. And and this one would be great drama. Oh, my God. This would be so good. So ESPN is like they are prone to do will kick around questions. And right. Sometimes they get goofy answers. I like the fact that they have Mike Tannenbaum creating trade scenarios this offseason because I was looking up there earlier and he had a trade between the Giants, Giants and, and Bears, the Bears for the number one right? pick. For the yeah. number one pick, yeah, the yeah. Giants would get the pick and what the Bears would get back in return. And this is an NFL world. We're all just living in it right now, right? And for him to create those trade scenarios as a former GM, I think it's kind of cool. It gives you a little bit of like behind the scenes thinking of yeah. what these guys think. All right, you want the number one pick? Here's what it's going to take. And it was like this year's sixth overall pick, two second round picks, a third round pick and Kayvon Thibodeau to go to the bears for the giants to move up from six to one. I don't necessarily hate that move for the giants. Now, if they draft Caleb Williams, that move sucks, but well, that's the only reason you're moving there. Why though? Why do people think this guy is going to be a good player in the NFL? I don't know. I saw some yesterday. He's the best quarterback prospect since 2012. Oh my God. According to who? Uh, I think it was Joel Klatt. Okay. He was one of one. Okay. So what I'm you're saying, saying is Mahomes and Burrow and Allen yep, weren't better. considered prospects, right? This Caleb, guy, Caleb Williams has more. Well, technically he does. He has more juice than Mahomes did. Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah, I mean, no like, question. Yeah. And he has more juice than Josh Allen. Doesn't mean, and, yeah. doesn't mean they're going to turn out the same, but there's more juice. Yeah. You know? that's, see, that, so that's, 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 that's a fallacy to look at it though. Know. Right. You know, like, oh, this guy doesn't have as much juice. Like, yeah, this guy does have a like, lot of juice. Mahomes, yeah. They're like, well, yeah, nobody, they were, they were not. Mahomes wasn't the consensus number one pick. I, yeah. I saw a headline yesterday about, I guess Bruce Arians was doing his rounds talking about Patrick Mahomes or whatever. And the headline was why former NFC uh, head coach didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. Right. And the reasoning <laughs> was he didn't fall to them. That's why right, the right. chiefs knew never got that, that they had to get to 10 because 11, 12 and 13 were going to be teams that would probably Funny. draft Patrick Mahomes. And so they, they made it out to be like, Oh, he missed up. No, he never got the opportunity to draft Patrick Mahomes because Brett Veach and John Dorsey and company had the wherewithal to understand who they needed to get ahead to draft that quarterback. I just think sometimes the most hyped quarterback that comes out of the draft, Josh usually isn't the best quarterback that comes out of the draft. Now I do like that we're, we're also entering quarterback shuffle season, yeah, right? right? So uh, the carousel is underway. So they asked the question, where would be the next home for Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. 
I did not expect this answer. I think he would actually be a, a great fit with the New York Jets, and here's what? why. Oh, my gosh. Why you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. <laughs> I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. So if you're if you're Russell Wilson and you yeah, don't get no uh, early, Mike. Hey Bart, if you but if where, where else is he going to go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all times and then be a free agent again? It's when when, when, when I was reasons. guys, where is he going to go? He's 36 years old. No one's going to hand him a starting job. He's going to have to be a backup somewhere. Hmm. I, you know, it, like be, after everybody laughed at Tannenbaum, I understand what he's saying, but you, you're also asking the Denver Broncos to cut him and eat that salary, right? That's still a big chunk of change to eat if you're the Denver Broncos. Now, they may do it to rid themselves of Russell Wilson, but if you're Russell Wilson, number one, why would you want to go back up Aaron Rodgers? And number two, do you think Nathaniel Hackett really wants Russell Wilson there? He's in the Jet building right now. As a lackey, a lemming, a hanger-on, a, a, a whatever you want to call Nathaniel Hackett to Aaron Rodgers, like he carries his bag around, right? That's uh, a, his, his bobo. His hand his selected. Bobo. His hand selected offensive coordinator. Yes, or or his bobo. Either way, I, I think Nathaniel Hackett is a really bad coach. We've seen that, right? He, he was good because of Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe and he's once, good for Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I, I, maybe, I'm not going to discount that. And, and could, that's why you call him his bobo, not yeah, a coach, because yeah. I don't think he's a very good coach. He's a bobo. And so, if you're the bobo for Aaron Rodgers, you got fired from your job because of how bad Russell Wilson is. How can you sit there inside that jet facility and say, "Oh yeah, this is a guy that I want to bring in"? Like I'd be on the table saying, no, no, no. Russell Wilson is not going to help us get to where we need to go. Also, are we sure someone wouldn't give Russell Wilson a starting job? I mean, how could you not? You look around at some of the quarterbacks in this league right That's now. That's where I'm at. Like, I'm not positive. There's not someone that would go. Yeah, we could we could make something out of him. Like, honestly, if, you, if you're thinking about sending him to New York, you should have chose the Giants. And and I know the Jets probably feel like in hindsight, they should have had a better backup plan, right? right. Absolutely, they, they should They didn't have. expect Aaron Rodgers. And so if you're planning on the, well, I don't know if Aaron's going to be healthy or not, you should have a better then plan. you got to have a backup plan. Better plan than that. Yeah. And I, Russell Wilson probably wouldn't be bad. But will Russell Wilson do that? And is that the distract? Well, the Jets are a distraction, I guess, in and of themselves. But do you want to add to that distraction? I'm all for that. I am too. I mean, I think it would be yeah. fascinating if, if, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not fully healthy or, mm-hmm. or. And that's what you have to start questioning. Do they go get this guy because they don't believe Rodgers is fully healthy? Like, I just, I just think that there's another, there's another spot where he'd go and have a better opportunity to start. So yeah, I would think Atlanta could give him an opportunity to start. The Patriots would give him an opportunity to start. That's not a bad place. Cause they're going to get rid of Mac Jones. Apparently this off season what, as well. What about Dallas? The Raiders? The Raiders, uh, the Raiders do not have a quarterback. They will tell you they like Aiden O'Connell and Ian O'Connell and you know, whatever O'Connell's are out there. The Raiders don't have a quarterback right now. Um, obviously, Denver doesn't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Minnesota's going to have an opening at quarterback. They're not going to guarantee Kirk Cousins another contract. It doesn't which seem like that. Which yeah. he shouldn't. I'm surprised he got that one, but yeah. good for him. He's got a great. He's a great negotiator. But if they're not going to do that and they're moving on, they'll right. need at least a bridge, I would think. You need some guy in there, right? You, you start to look around. I guess everybody else in that division, maybe the Bears, depending on what they're well, going to ultimately do. Who was the guy? Was it was it Tyrod Taylor that, that retired as becoming yeah. a coach now? Yeah, right. Whoever fills that, that role, <laughs> the yeah. The early Tyrod Taylor spot. Sure. 
right? Absolutely. One of, one of those guys that's, that's going to get a look-see by somebody every year. Mm-hmm. Does, does he, can, could he at least slide into that kind of role? Yeah. Commanders is another spot that doesn't have a quarterback right now. They've got a new head coach in there. Dan Quinn has got some familiarity with Seattle because he was the defensive coordinator Wherever Joe up Flacco there. doesn't go. I mean, yeah, I don't Cleveland know. Cleveland needs a quarterback, right? I mean, who knows? There, there are some teams out there that truly I just need a starter, right? Someone's going to give him a shot. Yeah, I don't think before, he's going to have to go somewhere and be a backup. Before he has to, ha, quote, unquote, has to be a backup. Right. Has to be a backup. All right, we will check in with one Carrington Harrison. He's been holding out on us. We'll find out why next. Back in on a Tuesday along with Bonfesco, I'm Josh Klingler, JT Noah producing today. Carrington Harrison from The Drive, 2 to 6 here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, drops by. We feel like he's been he's been holding out on updating us. Um, when your basketball team is over this late in the season, I, I I wish we'd have known about it. this. is This is compelling drama. It really is. I stumbled upon this on accident over the weekend. I saw a tweet from the St. Louis Post Dispatch wondering aloud, could Missouri go zero and eighteen? And I go, what do we got going on here? Bob texts me. He goes, did you know Mizzou was zero and twelve? I said, no. Carrington didn't tell us. I didn't know until Saturday. Why haven't you told us this information, Bob? Do you know what time it is? It is seven fifty one. Yeah, you got me on to come here to talk about. Over twelve basketball. 12 yeah. Missouri well, not gonna, if they were Game like tonight. if, if they were six and six in the league, who the hell cares? They're zero and twelve. They're going for history, my man. I thought we can I thought you had me on here to talk about Caitlin Clark and her record-breaking performance. We could talk you, about you that. Know the gumption you got to have to pull up from basically half court to break the scoring record. Yeah, that's what I. That's what you sold me on when I came in here. But no, you came to ambush me. You don't even watch college basketball. You're right. I don't. But oh, and 12. Now I'm intrigued. That gives me something to pay attention to. Bob, when have you and I just randomly just been walking by each other and was like, hey, I wonder if you watched Duke Boston College yesterday. You yeah. and I have never had a college basketball. Now yeah. I'm supposed to let you know that my team was doing poorly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly team. right. Okay. At 0-12, it's not doing poorly. It's historically like bad. Jump on the train wreck. And, you know? and and Josh and I are hoping they go winless. There's no question about that. I want that. Of course. And, and, and you probably win. are too at this no, point in no, time. I would right? like for them to win one SEC game. Well, they will in, in the, the tournament. tournament. I want yeah. them to win their first tournament game. I want them to win a regular. I don't want. Whenever you, you want to ruin record, their draft position, though, end of the season, I don't want to see zero and eighteen next oh, to I their do. SEC record. I think it'd be glorious. I mean, if you're going to be bad, be historically bad. Like you're not going to get any kind of like love for going like, one and seventeen. You go zero and eighteen, people are talking about you. At this point, don't you suck for small forward or yeah, something? I don't know what. I don't right. know what. Don't you tank for something? You get a better pick something, or something. You get an easier schedule next year. Kling, I would expect this from Bob. <laughs> I would expect this from Robert. From you? Now you just got to go. From you, Kling? Oh, Kling, Kling responded faster than that than anything. Oh, and 12. Let's go for I mean, I knew 18. they were not great, but I didn't know they were really not great. So, like, it brings up, though, the like the big problem with college sports, which, which is why I've been disenchanted with college sports over the last decade or so. Not really decade, half decade, whatever it's been since the Chiefs have been winning, really. Um, and and I, I, I think what the, the biggest problem is this was a tournament team last year. You'd mentioned they won a game in the tournament last year, and now they're going 0-18 in conference play this year like trying to keep these teams together and these players in place like as a college coach man 
I, I would absolutely hate it right now. I mean, Missouri's biggest problem is they had two players went to the NBA last year. So Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge, both of them went to the league. Kobe got drafted in the first round. So you took two NBA players off the team. And, I mean, they rolled the dice on the transfer portal, and obviously they crapped out. Yeah. I mean, they, they are not a good basketball team. They got a lot of young talent. There is a lot of hope and optimism. Like, I'm not too down on this season. They have a top five recruiting class next year. What does that mean, though? Are they going to be able to keep the top five recruiting class? Just because you haven't – are they going to show up? Are you going to write a big enough check? Somebody going to swoop in and steal them for more money? That would be so hard, I think, to to, the retention money. Well, the hope is that you keep them, Bob. That's the hope. That's the optimism. That's the part of fandom. But but see, you're living in a a bizarro world where that doesn't work anymore, man. It's it's not about – somebody. Well, you got to scratch the check. You got to scratch that check. Yeah. No. I mean, I, you know, I, I would say that we are seeing capitalism at work in yeah. college athletics that we've always seen. It's just always been under the surface, mm-hmm. but now it is over the top. I mean, these kids, you know, I remember whenever uh, the NCAA and the FBI, they had that investigation. They said that they thought it cost $100,000 to get a five-star kid on campus. I think that number is actually a little bit low. I think on, that's on, low, yeah. how much it is, but... We now know what it is. Yeah, $100,000 seems awfully low in, in that situation, and it's so bad your athletic director up and quit yesterday and went to the Big 12 for a better opportunity to win and have success. Is that? This was an ambush. I didn't come on here to talk about this. I thought we came on here today as the first day of the franchise tag. <laughs> That's what I thought we were talking about. I thought you were going to ask me where Kirk Cousins is going. We came to talk about what's oh, wrong God, with no. Missouri athletics. Missouri being 0-12 and losing their AD all in one day. This is good. I, I mean, like their, this stuff. Their athletic director took a worse job and less pay. I mean, that's, Oh, no that's, kidding? The, less? Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, that shows you really were ready to get out of there, Kling. Yeah. You were ready to go. So why was she ready? Like, what's going on? I mean, the team Teams 0 and 12, obviously. Obviously, the football had a great year. She hired the coach. Yeah, but why? Why is she looking to bounce so fast? It was just time to do something else. You know, sometimes you just move. She was on. there for like a hot minute. Well, the minutes passed. Well, I think what Missouri Her needs to do—not <laughs> not just Missouri, but everybody—if you, if you're looking to hire an athletic director now, you go out to the the best nonprofits in America and hire the best fundraisers. That's what it's about right now. Because if you're not raising enough money, not just to build buildings, but to keep players now, yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. You have to have an, a, enormous amounts of money, and you got to find the best fundraisers out there. The hell with hiring coaches. Coaches aren't coming if you don't have enough money anyway. So you got to find a way to go out there and earn money and raise money and generate dollars. So that's who their next AD should be. Somebody who can actually go out there get, and raise money. money. Start selling some Girl Scout cookies or something. All right, sit, uh, see that. I'll pivot. Um, Did you buy any Girl Scout cookies? What's that? I, bought, I bought a few boxes this Did year. Did you? I yeah. bought a few. Yeah, I mean, they're only, they're only $6. I mean, you got Only? It's the biggest ripoff in food. That is a lot. It is a lot. All right. What What are your odds, uh, Jones? I thought you guys what's coming up on the show. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I know. I know, I know like, oh that. I know that answer. Swing. I know that answer. Uh, Jones and and uh, and Sneed. One or the other. Neither. Both. I would franchise tag Legereus Sneed. I'd let Chris Jones walk in free agency for the price that it would be to keep Chris Jones. You can get Legereus Sneed and Calvin Ridley. And see, your your argument right there sounds logical. And if he said the opposite, I go, I agree with that, too. Like, this is such a tough one, you know? I don't really think the Chris Jones one is that tough. I mean, I, I, I know we would like these guys to all be forever Chiefs. But eventually, you know, Vince Wilfort, for example, he went to go play for another team. Chris Houston, Jones has yeah. won three rings. And he is now going to be, I mean, just a franchise tag him makes him the second highest paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. And all I heard when Pat signed that deal was now you got to do things differently. Signing Chris Jones is not doing things differently. And I think we are transitioning into a different time where 
I mean, there are going to be about 10 players that have helped this team win Super Bowls. You got Nick Bolton coming up. You got Willie Gay Jr. coming up. You got Creed Humphrey, Trey mm-hmm. Smith. You got a lot, a lot of, of guys. Trent McDuffie Trent at McDuffie. the end of next yep. year. I mean, if, if you're talking about he's going to be a two-time all-pro corner heading into his third season, he is not playing on his rookie contract anymore. So they just got to make a lot of decisions. I think they'd rather pay Trent McDuffie right now than Legereus Sneed or Chris Jones. I mean, I would keep both Sneed and McDuffie. I, I, I think the Chiefs are the best in the league at three things. I think they have the best coach, the best quarterback. I think you could argue they have the best one-two corner situation in the National Football League. That's something that I'm worth keeping. I also think it will be really hard for us to look back in two, three years and look at the and look at Snead's deal and feel like it was bad for the team. We all follow football. I can see how in three years you look at that Chris Jones deal like, mm, I don't know. That was not a good contract. Yeah. Football is just a young man's game, and he is going to turn 30 by the time he signs this deal. Look I'm at Carrington coming to my side finally and realizing you can't pay the old people. I'm not interested in signing a 30-year-old to a $35 million contract. What What if you do a, a franchise tag, and as Dan Graziano of ESPN pointed out, do it over four years and extend it out, but you really only have one year where you're paying Chris Jones. Yeah, I, I would just pay need in that scenario, in that scenario. I, yeah i just i i'm not gonna say i'm not interested in signing chris jones but the time to sign chris jones was last offseason yeah if you were gonna do it yep it's not now you so you got to pay 140 percent on the salary on the franchise tag 120 percent but this is third time being taxed so yeah. now, now it's 140 and i know we have this hey you got to take less to play for the chiefs if you owe me 35 million dollars i'm not interested in taking less money <laughs> than what you owe me like yeah. you you you, I, you owe me 35 million dollars so any contract that i'm talking about is based off the money that you owe me yeah all right well fair enough i just think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do i totally get your point on that by having Chris Jones walk. I've been in that camp all along. I would sign Snead, but then I could talk myself into keeping Chris Jones for one or two more years and letting Snead walk since you do have some young corners and you've proven you can really draft at that position, too. You've been really good at drafting at that spot. Next time I come on, can it be a more positive conversation? It was. Right. We, we, how about those Royals? May your, team not Bye, get, may your team not get a win tonight. Keep it going. Go team playing it's, MU. It's Carrington Harrison from the drive. He'll be up today at two with stuff. And things. And things yeah. they'll be talking about. I wouldn't want to put him on the spot. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, looked at me like, you would tell me at 8 o'clock in the morning I'm supposed to know what's coming up at 2? Yeah. They're working on it. But uh, always fun to catch up with him. 2 to 6 uh, for the drive here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm going to throw out a text that we got, and I want you to react to it because okay. I think it's pretty good. Cornerback is like the running back of defense. The examples of high-paid corners after Ward is bad. And and I kind of I see where you're going there. We've had so much success with the running back on offense. It's been an interchangeable part. You draft the seventh-round guy, you fit a guy in, and boom, you're off and running, right? That's been the Andy Reid mantra. Kind of is doing that on the defensive side of that cornerback position. I mean, they, they really are. I mean, you start with Marcus Peters, you go get Traverius Ward, you get Trent McDuffie, you get Legereus Need. Said, like they've had a great track record at that and position. That, and that's where I don't I'm not even saying they're getting arrogant. I think that they could legitimately say, We've done this before. Mm-hmm. We've got our next guy. It's McDuffie. Right. We got our we got our guy that can go along and be the be the next McDuffie. It's Jalen Watson. Watson. Right. Or a guy we're drafting here. What's what's to say they don't draft a corner at 32? Right. You know, another first round draft pick okay. cornerback. Right. Yeah. Uh one of those things. I think they could I think you could make the case for that as well. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones, yeah, it's it's probably more It's a sentimental signing more yes. than it is anything. And those are the ones that end they, up costing they get you in you, trouble. Right? They do. You know, they the do. Chiefs have stayed yep. away from that. And yep. would they this time? But he's also he's also a uh a locker room leader. Mm-hmm. 
and he's also a franchise guy. And there aren't many Mahomes, Kelsey, and Joneses out there. Like, Correct. I'm talking myself into whatever I want to talk myself I know, into I am on too, this, right? Because I, I was fully in the camp of Chris Jones already got his best deal. I still believe that's the case. And, and Carrington's point is, well, don't negotiate anywhere from that. Well... He's going to have to bend. I think mm-hmm. I think Chris Jones is going to have to take something less to remain here. Yes. Yes. I'm not in favor of, oh, uh, here's the franchise tagging it. No, I'm looking at a deal that helps the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Gives you some money. It's not going to leave you destitute by any means, right? We know that. But are you going to get your full worth? Well, hell. Travis Kelsey's not getting his full worth. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is getting his not full getting worth. his full worth. Like, you know who else is not getting their full worth? Andy Reid's not like, getting yeah, his full like, worth. Welcome to the club. Brett Veach. Everybody's decided this is a great place to be, and let's do this. And I'm not saying take pennies, but I think you could make it good. We're like, yeah, but is it worth it to be on this team to see if you can win one or two more mm-hmm. and then lead the game as an all-time chief and a Hall of Fame candidate? Like, if you're, and, if and if you're Chris things, Jones, I just keep going back to the three-peat. Like, I don't think the three-peat – matters as much for anybody else on this roster other than Jones, Kelsey, and Mahomes. That's it. Those are the, and maybe the long snapper because he's been here for, for the majority of them as well, right? But not everybody has been around throughout this entire dynasty. I mean, what well, did we a say? would Eight, be awesome for that rookie, that rookie, the rookie class, class would the, be pretty cool the too. McDuffie, yeah. The McDuffie, uh, uh, Karloftis class that doesn't know anything other than Right. Titles would right. be pretty awesome. It would be. It would be pretty cool. But when you start to look at the, the overall roster, Josh, I mean, four years ago, we won our first Super Bowl in this era, and there's only eight guys left on that team from four years ago. So the the, the roster turns over dramatically fast. And that's why I look at a guy like Chris Jones, Trent Mc, not Trent McDuffie, Patrick Mahomes, and, and Travis Kelsey, all in a different category because they're truly, other than the long snapper and, you know, a kicker, they're the guys who have been here through it all, right? They they have seen every championship, and I think the three-peat would mean more for Jones, Kelsey, and Mahomes than anybody else on this roster. And then for Chris Jones, I can make the case, like, for Chris Jones, like, is it all about the money? Look no further than Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of chased at the end. It looked like a good deal for a hot second. But he also went to a winner. He did. What's Who's to say Chris Jones can't pick a winner? I mean, he's, if, he, if he becomes a free agent, he can go wherever he wants. And is it about money and not winning? Like, is Von Miller winning now? Would he probably be happier if you're winning, even though he's got a nice paycheck? Like, But he left the – like, that Denver situation was getting bad well, No, there, but I'm saying know? he got his Rams thing. I'm saying now to the Bills. Oh, oh yeah, Bills yeah, yeah, thing's yeah. a mess. Right, the Bills thing. Yeah, I forgot about the Rams thing. I totally right, forgot about the Rams. Right, went to the Rams, got minute. it, yeah. got it, went to the Bills. Yeah. Looked good for men. Like, oh, you need that. You need that. You're going to overpay that that – veteran mm-hmm. leader tax that worked out for you. No, it really hasn't um, got hurt. Doesn't have a good quarterback on his roster. <laughs> so what's going to be? I just think that I just think that this is in Chris's court. I, yeah. If I'm the chiefs, I don't make it. Are you going to do it or not? Are you going to argue to sign with us or not? Are we going to, are we going to legitimately come up to somewhere? We can't pay you that. If you're, if you're, if your goal is to get that, it ain't us. Mm-hmm. Legereus need on the other hand, I could I could very well make the case pay him he, he's worth whatever he whatever he wants high end corner do I think he's gonna decline I don't I think he's he's got a he's got a he's got a chip and a on a want to about it plus you get him in the in the machine of the Chiefs yeah am I gonna let somebody slack in that regard probably I don't, not I don't think so yeah I feel like that 
that they're like gonna... you mean peer pressure will hold them up to yeah. the standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is hey man, stand- we're here to win. This is a standard we built. Now, does he go out and give up? You know, two touchdowns against him every single. Probably not. Mm-hmm. This may be of his best statistical year. Um, maybe minus interceptions. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Chiefs, I'm a, I can also operate from the other side of the fence and go, look, we've been we've been developing corners. We haven't we haven't allocated a lot of money for corners. Why? Because we've allocated money elsewhere and it's worked. And now we've drafted well at corner and we've we continue to bring in guys you've never heard of and yeah. done stuff and eh, we got the secondary on lock. We what? can do we can we can do all this stuff ourselves. We can do without luxurious need. I can make that case for him too. I would rather have I'd rather have Sneed for production, Jones for uh, continuity, leadership, and I still think he can play two more years. And sentimentality as well for Chris But Jones if he thinks I can play four more years, that's probably, then it's going to have to be somewhere else. Yeah. And if you're not going to come back to the pack, it's somewhere else. It's some, It's It's got to be somewhere else. From the 913 on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, can we tie Chris into the 3-8 cent sales tax? If the, if, <laughs> if the, look, I, I'd rather see them use the 3-8 cent sales awesome. tax to pay for Chris Jones than for new wiring at Arrowhead or what they're going to do out there, that right? Be, like, that, that, would that would be cool. That would be so awesome yeah. if they did that. Yes, yeah, so all those things, like yeah, yes. I would love it. If you pass this three eight cent sales tax, we'll be able to keep Chris Jones. Okay, done. I think I think people would absolutely vote for something. Well, he like has to be that. paid over twenty five years. Well, he's that's got how it's work. Yeah. He's got a right. contract. Yeah. Benia contract at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. twenty five years of that. So I I think that's I, I like the three eight cent sales tax, but I also like the fact that no matter what the Chiefs do, you can say that's a good move. Also, no matter what the Chiefs do, you can criticize that move as well, too. Like, it's it's the ultimate sports radio topic right now. Chris Jones or Legereus Need, what do you do over the next two weeks? You can make a case for both of those guys to be the franchise player. You can make the case for neither of those guys to be the franchise player. You can make the case to tag and trade both of those guys. You can make the case to, to tag one, not, you know, not sign the other. You can make the case to tag the other, not sign the first guy. Like there are just so many variables out there and so many different ways that you can approach this, that you can have a great conversation about all of them and all of them make a lot of sense on the surface. This is one of Brett Veach's toughest tasks. And this is a good problem to have, right? It's not like, Oh my God, I got to find a quarterback and a head coach. I got to decide which great player I want to franchise and which yeah. one I'm going to let walk. It's a very difficult decision. Yeah, no, I think, cause I think you can, you can make a case either either direction and probably not be wrong now if you lose them both <laughs> if you lose them both then uh i think we look at it a little bit differently like oh mm-hmm. this defense is gonna look different next year right you've lost both of these guys i think i think one has to be here right and if you pin me down to one i would i would lean towards luxurious need okay that, that you want or that you think because that's another question right. too that that's another top that you want yeah i want luxurious need yeah. i think it's going to be chris jones oh okay I, I think it's also. I also think it's going to be Legereus. Okay, as a franchise player think, or a guy who's back. Oh, back. I'm just saying back. I'm not. I'm not really worried about how you how you apply the tag. In right. That. I think you get something worked out with Legereus Need and Chris Jones is. You're not gonna. You're not gonna tag him, and you're not gonna work out a long term deal. So. You also have Legereus Need last week talking about pay me, pay me, pay yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. he had a very simple message for uh, for the uh, for the Chiefs via. Uh, via Kay Adams. And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay <laughs> me. That's what I got to say. Pay me. Okay. I mean, I don't even know. If, I think that we have to wrap it there. Pay the man. Now, he's a man of few words. One luxurious need. Not a big talker. 
But that was pretty, <laughs> pretty emphatic. Yeah. Pay me. Okay. Which tells me I'm looking for the biggest check. Could be. And if that means going to Philadelphia or Carolina or DeSoto, I don't, wherever the biggest check comes from, that's where I think Legereus Sneed is. And I can't begrudge him for that. You've got a limited window to make your money. If Legereus Sneed is going to cash in, this is the offseason to do so. And if he's furling that camp and you want him, then you got to tag him. Correct. Yeah. And then you hope to get something done with Chris Jones. And I don't mind that scenario. I'm not going to franchise tag Chris Jones. It's, the money's too it's much. not. It's too much money. It's just want, too much. Do you yeah. want to be here? Do you want to be here? Can we get something right. done? Can we get something done? If I'm, not, yes, we're not I'm franchising you. We're going to let you, I'm you know. pulling on your heartstrings. Yeah. Do you want to be here? Or do you want to miss out? And then you also let that agent get involved who was complaining last week that maybe there was too much bubbly yeah. at the parade and people were not speaking the right way because they were saying they want to come back and we got to hold our horses on that because God forbid somebody gets caught up in a Super Bowl celebration and says they want to come back for the three. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can't, again, can't quite hold them to that. A uh, deep dive into a big trade. We'll get into it next. King, in his uh, latest uh, Football in America column, took a uh, took a drive back in time mm-hmm. to a simpler time. No, not really. But look back at the Mahomes draft, which still may have been the greatest. You didn't see that coming move of all time. It's, I mean, if you pick one or you pick two and you get that guy, you did it right. Sure. Right? Right. I think a lot of these places are more afraid that, to fail at that spot, which is natural. Oh, God, yes. You know what I mean? More more GMs are afraid to fail than willing to go out there and try to succeed. But the Chiefs getting done what it took to get to number 10 in the draft and then taking that guy and then it hitting. Mm-hmm. There aren't many like it. Well, next to Babe Ruth, it is the most impactful trade in sports history. And the only reason I say next to Babe Ruth is because he kept the Boston Red Sox franchise down 84 years. The Yankees became the most dominating franchise in sports history. They won 20-some championships before the Red Sox even got back into the World Series. And so I look at that trade as the most impactful trade in sports history. This one right now is the second most impactful trade in sports history and has the opportunity to eventually pass Babe Ruth because Mahomes isn't done yet. He's just beginning could the Bills be suffering a curse of the Mahomes Eno, just like the Boston Red Sox did with the Bambino, right? He has crushed the Mahomes Eno. Well, I mean, right? Patrick Eno, I think Mahomes Eno sounds better, right? It's the curse of the Mahomes Eno. He's crushed the Buffalo Bills franchise, both on the field and off the field. 13 second game. How many postseason games have the Buffalo Bills lost to the Kansas City Chiefs? Three, right? Three postseason games, four postseason games, whatever it's been. I I mean, Mahomes is having the effect on Buffalo that Babe Ruth had on Boston, took them as a franchise and reduced them to soot. And that's what Patrick Mahomes has done. Buffalo traded that pick 
And since then, Buffalo's been good. The Red Sox were good, but they were never great. They could never get over that hump. And every year, it was like the Yankees were standing in their way. Go back to Bucky Dent and that big home run that he had, you know, in in 78 or whatever the hell year that was, right? So I, I think right now, Patrick Mahomes is having and is starting to have, I should say, the effect on Buffalo that Babe Ruth had on the Boston Red Sox. He's coming back to bite them every single year. And it's going to be fun to see how long Patrick Mahomes continues to stiff arm Buffalo, how many titles he wins, and how this curse carries on years after Patrick Mahomes isn't even playing anymore. Does Buffalo ever recover from this? It sure doesn't look like they're going to be able to. Well, the Bears, I mean, geez. I'm not even worried about them. Well, no, what I'm saying, I mean, if had they, I mean, I don't think they would have had the success the Chiefs had by any means, but had they have had the foresight to do something like that, yeah, they'd be in better shape. If I guarantee been, you that. Sure, they would have been. Yeah. Um, so, but their ownership would have screwed up Mahomes. Yeah, too. I mean, it wouldn't have been as good for Mahomes, right? You know, I think we can we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he wrote his piece about you know the the maneuvering again it took to get to ten, which is unbelievable to get the. Uh, the bills to be on on board to to not let anybody know where they were going with this pick. Yeah, nobody knew they were going Mahomes. Right? Yeah. And he said in the days before the draft, here's where he landed in some mock drafts. Uh, Don Banks of SI had Mahomes thirteen to Arizona, higher than most, mm-hmm. if not all. Yeah. Um, Mel Kiper Mahomes twenty five to Houston. Peter Schrager Mahomes twenty five to Houston. Peter King he wrote himself Peter King Mahomes twenty seven to Kansas City. Uh, McShay, Mahomes 32 to New Orleans, and Mike Mayock, Mahomes 32 to Arizona. He writes, why did I have him going to Kansas City? Well, I had heard they loved his on-campus visit in Lubbock, Texas. They had loved his visit to the Kansas City facility. I and heard he was making it known privately that Kansas City with Reed and Alex Smith was the place he really wanted to go. But did I know anything real? Absolutely not. Just took a shot. This happens with most mock drafts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he got the team right, but he didn't have him trading up to number 10 to get Patrick Mahomes. And it was such a key move. It was such a great job done behind the scenes, whether it was Brett Veach, John Dorsey, whoever the case may be, understanding who they needed to get ahead of to make sure they got Patrick Mahomes. Because the last thing you want to do is trade up to 11 and miss out on your guy. And then you're stuck, right? And then who knows what happens at that point in time. Maybe Deshaun Watson ends up being the pick here. Or maybe the Chiefs don't even go quarterback. Maybe Mahomes is the only guy that they have identified worth drafting in that draft. And if they didn't get Patrick Mahomes, then they weren't going to waste that pick number 11 overall if they didn't get up to 10, I'm saying, on Deshaun Watson. They would have moved on from him maybe. And we could still be looking for that franchise quarterback. And so he he details kind of how it went down as well to get to the pick that basically if they got the Cincinnati who was right above the Chiefs and their guy was still there, they would call the Buffalo Bills. Right. So John Ross, wide receiver, Washington, goes to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Here's how he writes. In Kansas City, Dorsey, who hadn't told the Bills who they wanted, only that they'd call once Cincinnati picked if their guy was still available, got Whaley, the, the GM, on the phone. We still on? Dorsey said. Yes, Whaley replied. They made the trade official. Both teams called the NFL trade hotline. Ooh, I'd love, that I'd love to have that uh, number. Oh, my God, you could blow that hotline up if we knew the number with in, fake trades. Independently confirm the terms. The draft was in Philadelphia that year. Dorsey told the team rep there to write Mahomes' name on a card and turn the card over on his table, then wait for further instructions. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Yeah. It's just the way it's written is just so great. You're it like, is. You're it's, just like thinking back like the anticipation of what are like that. He well, knew, it's putting you in the moment. Peter yeah. King does a really good job of putting you in that moment. Yeah. 
In Metairie, Louisiana, home of the Saints, high fives were all around. The Saints knew they'd either be left with Mahomes or Marshawn Lattimore, Mm -hmm. which led to euphoria in the room. They'd love either guy. Last week in separate phone calls, uh, Sean Payton said he thinks they'd have taken Mahomes if both were there. Uh, GM Mickey Loomis said the same. Of course, that's easy to say now with Mahomes winning three Lombardis in his first six years of playing. But I buy it. I I buy that, too, because... He he, Sean Payton has been very consistent on Patrick Mahomes since day one. He's been very consistent that they were in on Mahomes mm-hmm. as well. In Arizona, the Cardinals had hope. They were three picks away from Mahomes. Then over a tiny speaker in every team's draft room, there was an announcement from draft headquarters in New York. There's been a trade. Kansas City is trading with Buffalo. The Chiefs have the 10th pick. The Chiefs are on the clock. <clears throat> Jordan Spieth enters the conversation. Golfer, mm-hmm. football fan, apparently. Friends with Sean Payton as well, and blah, blah, blah. There's a connection. Whenever. Right. So he writes in this. He said, Spieth told me right away, Sean said, watch. Andy Reid knows he's going to take Mahomes. Which Payton then said was not really bad for us because they had a need for Marshawn Lattimore and turned out to be a very good player. Mm-hmm. But that even Sean Payton, like, oh, oh, they doggone it, they did it. They did it. They moved ahead and they're taking Sean Payton may have been the only one who had kind of an inkling of what they were going to do, right? And it goes to show you that Sean Payton knows what he's doing, right? Will he do it in Denver? I don't know. Payton texted Dorsey with a one-word expletive. (laughs) (laughs) Mahomes. Yeah, or bleep. Yeah. 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 It's fun reading back on that and being put in the moment, right? And I I was in awe at the moment, like, man, you got to the spot you knew you had to get to to block others. Not, not, you know. Right. Like the getting to 10, not to 15 or not to 18. Right. Or whether. You had to get to 10 because ding, ding, and ding, and ding. Right. We're 11, gonna, 12, and 13 were all right we're there. We're all right there for the taking. You knew you had to get the 10. You had it worked out. You got the 10. You got your guy, and you went, yes. Yes. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And you and had then, no idea at the time it was going to turn into this. And then, as we all remember... I know I was in the draft party that day right. there walking around. The entire place thought Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I thought everybody Deshaun Watson. thought Deshaun Watson. Thought Deshaun I was Watson. anchoring the coverage here. We all thought Deshaun everybody, Watson. Right? Yep. And they went, well, bam. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and flipped the like, card oh. that had Mahomes on it. And Binkley celebrated because Binkley was the one who was calling Mahomes for a long time here on 610. And I know Radio, for sure. Right? I said, yeah, third round of flyer would be great. I know you did. Yeah. And then you still talk about, I trade him for 10 first round draft picks. No, you wouldn't. Not anymore. No, you wouldn't. And, Not and, anymore. And, and so as we, as we continue to, you know, go along for this Mahomes ride, which is what it's been. I mean, they've taken us on a glorious ride here in Kansas city. I start to think about, you know, that number seven that everybody says, well, he can't be considered the greatest until he wins number seven. Why are we limiting what Patrick Mahomes can do guys? And I'm being serious about this. Why aren't we talking Bill Russell at 11? Or Rocket Richard, who has 11 championships in the NHL. Or Rocket Richard? Yeah, he's the guy. I saw that yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, remember that guy? Um, And then, or Yogi Berra, who has 10 championships with the Yankees in Major League Baseball. These are the numbers now that Mahomes needs to be targeting and aspiring to be. Seven would be great. That's the all-time NFL lead, right, with Tom Brady. But why not be in rarefied air and put yourself up with some of the greats in sports history? And that's when 10 or 11. My God, could you think about it? Patrick Mahomes won 12 championships, Josh, and ends up walking away as the single greatest uh, player in team sports in the United States by winning 12 championships here in Kansas City. 
that would be something. So we can't put the limit of seven on Patrick Mahomes. We need to keep going and going and going. And the way that this thing is going right now, what does he have? Three right now? I'm not now? putting a limit on, but I'm putting a target. That's all. I'm, well, not, I, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not limiting. I, I, I was having a conversation with Jeff over at Supplement Superstores yesterday. I could only win 11 if I win the seven first. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but, I'm, but not, if you, I'm not worried if, about that. If you limit yourself at seven, then you're never going to get the eight. Then you're never going to Your goal is to get 12. That's the goal right now. Don't put a limit on there until you are the best of all time. Because if you put that limit of seven, then maybe you get five. Maybe you get six. You're like, ah, I didn't read seven, but I got it close enough. You put the limit much further out. And that's why I was saying I was having a conversation about my weight the other day. Put the put the goal at 190. So when you get to 195, you're feeling really good yeah, about yourself. If you yourself, want to do that right? to, your, to yourself. Quietly, that's fine. I'm not I'm not going to do the LeBron announcing because he ain't at. Oh, seven, I'm not eight. asking him to he announce. Ain't at, he ain't at seven I'll eight do nine that for him. Yeah. He ain't at seven eight nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He still got. He still got that. But you know why six was afraid of seven, right? Because seven did eat nine. Right. Eight nine. And yeah, seven eight nine. Wow. <laughs> did eat. You know, doesn't quite fit. But you know, did he? You know, you know what I was getting at. So yeah, I mean, among the greatest trades of all time, getting up to ten is amazing. It's the second greatest trade in sports history. It's amazing. It's tough to beat the Babe Ruth trade, but we're getting really close to beating the Babe Ruth trade here. Got a generation to go to see how this plays out. But if Buffalo never is able to rebound and never able to get to the Super Bowl through the entire career of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, yeah, that franchise got screwed. But I don't know that they were going to pick Patrick Mahomes at number 10, Josh. That's the thing. They weren't ready to pick a quarterback at that point in time. They had just hired Sean McDermott. And if they had a title, they would tell you it worked out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If Josh Allen had won in this in this run, they would tell you, no, it worked out for us. We weren't ready. Right. Now you got to be going, oh, I know we weren't ready, but. <laughs> but they got Tredavious White out of the deal. Okay. They still were able to get Josh Allen out yeah, of the deal. Sure, it's not like they. We haven't, we haven't won. But we haven't won. They haven't won. Maybe but, you take Mahomes and you don't want. Would they have taken Mahomes at that point? I don't think they would no, have. No, it doesn't sound like it. I don't think they would have. They were looking to move out of that spot. Right. They were looking to acquire picks and build up their roster. Now, if you want to say they did a great job of building their roster, giving them sustainability, giving them the opportunity to compete every year and turning that franchise around, well, then they have done that. But if you're saying the ultimate goal is to win championships, they've fallen short. But they probably wouldn't be as good as they are now, Josh, if they didn't make that trade and stockpile those picks. But then how do you not play the what if? You what can. If we, what if we just got Mahomes? But but they weren't going to. What if we had just taken Mahomes? They weren't going to. They weren't going to. They had no inkling of taking a quarterback. They were still a year away. Yep. That's why it made that pick perfect for the Chiefs. Perfect spot. I mean, what a what a what a deal. I mean, the whole the whole thing's just fascinating to me. How do you write a more perfect story though when you think about it? Like they it just stop questioning it, right? Stop trying to peel back the onion and the butterfly effect and all of that. Just say, we got him, and that's the way it goes. Because if you start to analyze, you're like, man, how did Buffalo let that happen? They weren't ready. They just weren't. All right, I appreciate that this guy's got a plan. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm glad you think you do. Because if you're a fan of this team, I would think, well, this gives us some reassurance. This guy understands he's got to try, right? So Antonio Pierce is trying to write up Jordan rules from a home. Smart. Probably shouldn't say them out loud, though. <laughs> but he appeared on Max Crosby's podcast. And again, this is why teams don't allow most of their players to do these things. Mm-hmm. Right? 
We've got the Jordan rules, and we've got what I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules, Pierce says. Remember when Jordan was playing through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he became Michael Jordan. He takes us through the history of it. I love it. Um, the Pistons used to whip his ass anytime he came to the hole. Elbows, love taps. We're in his head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can do that with Mahomes? God. Pierce says he shows the Raiders clips from boxing and UFC fights to show them the kind of aggression he wants from his defense. And he needs his team to have a fighter's mentality towards Mahomes and the Chiefs. We've got to knock the head off the snake. 15. Hate the color red. (laughs) There's got to be a hatred for the Chiefs. I appreciate that. Uh, stopping short of like bounties. You well, know, that was that. my first thing. But, when you say cut off the head, I immediately went to New Orleans and went, yeah. wait a second. Didn't we have this conversation? Yeah, and, and in football, it feels like it takes on a different context now that you can't throw out those open threats. But you've heard that forever. Right. That's a Ben basketball thing forever. Cut the head off the snake. Cut the head off the snake. Yeah. Do that kind of thing. So Absolutely. At least he's acknowledging we got to go with the quarterback. Now you say play physical within the context of what you can and can't do. And it is a quarterback and you might get flagged. Yeah. But he might be also saying, well, you're going to get flagged. You get flagged, make contact, hit the guy, make him feel your pain. I, I don't like the fact that he's saying this out loud. Right. And part of the reason is because I know I'm like this. If you give me a little Josh, I'm going to barrel through that door and I'm going to take too much. That's just the way I am. That's why I can't have cake around. Right. I can't have a nice slice of cake. If you bring a cake into the house, I'm eating the whole damn cake. Okay. I know who I am as a person. And if my coach was in there saying, we've got these Mahomes rules, go out there and crush them. I'd be that guy who's wired a little bit differently and a little crazy. And I probably do something that gets me kicked out. I would be fearful that he, yeah, he's got uh, Vontez perfect. Right. Exactly. Something like that. Like, like, yes, I will. I'll go rip that. Yes, I will. And like, yeah. And you're like, we'll literally try to Uh, rip the gentleman's head off. And you'll see Vontez perfect, like pulling on his head at the bottom of a pile or something like that. Right. Like, that that's where I got to say, okay, hold on a second. But the other side of me, like if I'm a Raiders fan, right. And that's my coach. I'm excited because somebody's finally embracing this rivalry again, right? Somebody understands what this rivalry is all about. And for years, the Raiders have done nothing to live up to this fictitious rivalry. That's been out there with the chiefs over the last 20 years. And so I think that's good that we got somebody that's embracing the rivalry. Also, too, I think we're probably bound to see the Raiders kind of self-destruct in this situation, and we will see some penalties that happen after the play, Josh, you know, that's going to extend a drive, that's going to give the Chiefs an opportunity to go down there and put points on the board. And they beat them last year and embarrassed them, as we know, on Christmas Day. Thanks, though. So, no, so the Chiefs are going to be ready for the Raiders. But, like, (laughs) all of this adds to it. And I can just see the Raiders going out there and doing something stupid that gets them at least a penalty a game that gives the Chiefs an opportunity. But I don't want to get it to the point where these guys are taking it to the Vontez Burfitt level and saying, I'm going to go out there and bounty gate this thing and try to hurt Patrick Mahomes because if that does happen then there's going to be all kinds of hell breaking loose on that football field yeah you, you can't you can't probably put it as stated like you could before right I mean you have to have like a uh the disclaimer at the bottom when you do all this yeah. stuff in the meeting and like yeah you know don't take 
Uh, don't take Mahomes' head off if you're allergic to taking Mahomes' head off. Uh, side effects include yeah. Side effects do, include you dancing to you know type two diabetes like Ozempic or whatever. Kicked right? out of yeah. the league or whatever. Right. Um, do you have to do you have to do that? But I think that the theory is right. And then also I'd go a step further and go and we have to play uh, a box and one on Kelsey at all times. Like, yeah. What are we doing here? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need two guys around Kelsey at all times. Right. Someone's need to no, someone needs to face guard him and then someone needs to play over the top. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Do this for you. <laughs> I, I, I just hope it doesn't get to the point that where guys are doing this bounty gate thing, because that, then that's unfortunate. Then you're really starting to ruin the game. And regardless of they're your enemy and they're the opponent and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, these guys are all in this thing together. And that's try to earn a living and make some money and going out there purposefully hurting somebody on the other team. There really is no place in that, in this game anymore. The NFL has eliminated nope. that. And so if I'm the league, I'm keeping an eye on what's going out there in Las Vegas, right? now so he's got a plan and he's got the Mahomes rules right and I guess he's not afraid to share them uh-uh. no. No. all right good luck with that now Mahomes has also heard that so. right right that and that's the other thing like that if to you me is just bigger, didn't need anything else to motivate Patrick that to me is the bigger danger yeah you've let the cat out of the bag right oh guess what Mahomes is ready for you yeah you've just told him you're coming after him you're coming guess after what? him all right guess fine what? yeah 35 nothing bring times it. two bring it and thank you for kicking their tail on Christmas Day. Didn't realize at the time they needed it. Yeah. Appreciate that, Antonio Pierce. If you've done one thing in your Raider career, it's kicked the crap out of the Chiefs on Christmas Day because that led to a title. That led to a Super so Bowl. thank you. And thank it you. probably led to them going into next season going, all right, Raiders, mm-hmm. you thought you got one over on us. We got two meetings this year. We've won more postseason games in your building and probably will win more postseason games in your building than you ever will. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. Uh, another example of why this guy's a pain in the rear. We'll get to it next. Back in on Tuesday along with Bob Fesco. I'm Josh Klingler. JT Noah producing today. I saw this yesterday and I'm like, this can't, this can't be good for your sports. Tom Ricketts is the owner of the Cubs. He was asked about contract talks with Cody Bellinger. And basically said, I'm not, I'm not in the middle of this one. I'm not in the middle. I'm not in the middle of this one. And the, the, I think the question then went to then Scott Boris, who's the agent for, for Bellinger and many others. Uh-huh. All the people who aren't signed yet is who Scott Boris represents. And, and you find out that, There's something to be said for going straight to the source, and there's other for fo- following the line of how you go about things. Mm-hmm. So Ricketts is the owner of the team, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I know Scott Boris doesn't want to talk to general managers, but I don't want to talk to him. Quote, I don't talk to Scott. One of his signature moves is to go talk to the owner. When you do that, the you undermine the credibility of your general manager inserting yourself into that negotiation. I don't think that helps. I don't talk to him. And I thought, good for you. Yeah. So Scott Boris's move is to blow off the general manager and go straight to the owner mm-hmm. who has hired the general manager to do such things. That's right. And his now end around is to, well, I'm not talking to that person. I'm going to go to the owner. Right. I think Scott Boris is worse for baseball than steroids. Was. Good for Tom Ricketts saying we've set, we set this up for a reason. 
this is the guy that I've I've hired to to do this for my organization. Mm-hmm. What are you talking to me for? I've given him the ability to go do this. If he has something he needs to bring to me, he'll bring it to me. Right. Otherwise, you talk to him. Right. What are you talking to me for? I like the fact that Tom Rickens has put the stiff arm in this, and then also it's like, hey, Scott Boris thinks he's above talking to GMs. Right. I'm just gonna talk to the. I'm gonna talk to the to the ownership. Mm-hmm. And, and plead that way. Probably good for your client. I don't think good for baseball. Well, I, I don't know that it necessarily is good for your client. I know Eric Hosmer got paid to go to San Diego, but was that ultimately the best move for Eric Hosmer to go to San Diego? Like I said, I think Scott Boris is the worst thing to happen to baseball, maybe ever, and he's worse than steroids were for the game. And I think what he does is he goes out there and and he, he controls the entire market. It's not just his own players, Josh. There's a lot of guys out there and a lot of teams out there that aren't willing to sign or agents aren't willing to sign until the Boris guys go out there and sign and they kind of set the market and I don't think that's a good thing to have one person have that much control over baseball especially an agent you're not a player and you're not an owner you have no reason to be the guy that controls the game of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball has allowed Scott Boris to infest their game and ruin their game Scott Boris is the biggest reason why salaries are out of control in Major League Baseball he is phenomenal for his clients and if he were taking radio guys I would hire Scott Boris but for the overall baseball for where the game is and what the game needs to be Scott Boris isn't good for baseball he's keeping the rich teams on top he's only negotiating big-time deals for his clients with those type of teams. And meanwhile, most of Major League Baseball is falling by the wayside. And most of Major League Baseball can't even get into the same room as Scott Boris because he's so out there with his contract demands. And then you have guys like Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell who are really good players but still haven't signed yet. It's it's February 20th. Like, why haven't these guys signed contracts yet? And I think for, for overall, for Major League Baseball, I don't think Scott Boris has helped move the sport forward at all. He's made his clients a lot of money, and that's ultimately what he's responsible to do. But I don't think baseball is better with Scott Boris being part of the game. No, I didn't, I didn't realize either. Like, sometimes he just he doesn't even talk. There's probably going to be a GM out there that says, I don't, yeah, I don't talk to him. He always goes to my boss. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's probably pl- plenty wow. of those guys. Now, I, I will say I disagree with this because Dayton Moore had a good relationship with he Scott did. Boris, right? Like yeah. that guy wasn't calling Arkansas and getting a price on, you know, whatever Walmart was selling that day. He was going to, 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 to Dayton. They but were also, having conversations. I, I'd like to believe that he wouldn't be taking Boris's call anyway. Who glass? He shouldn't yeah. be taking yeah. his you call. I mean? No owner should be taking the call of an agent. That's why you have a general manager, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Just a weird story. I thought, wow. Well, good for the Cubs owner. Like, no, yeah. I don't. I don't deal with him. And the Cubs he, are one of those teams he probably needs to deal with that has kind of money to yeah, spend. He deals, you know? he deals with my general manager. That's what they're there for. Right. Kind of like that kind of put that put that guy back in place. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had an oh crap I'm late story? 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. I have had this. It's not a recurring dream, but it, it has happened periodically where I've had the, oh, my gosh, I'm late dream. And a lot of times they've been, like, super bizarre. Like, you wake up going, what am I doing? Look at the clock. It's fine. Yeah. And then or also Saturday. I'm, you're in some weird, yeah, or Saturday. Or you're some in some weird scenario that you just can't get out of, and you know the time is ticking, and you missed whatever, and you're just, I've had those like freak out. I've had them multiple times. I've never had one of where, those. Where it's and then you're in some like weird scenario where you just got stuck and you couldn't get some. You couldn't get to where you needed to go on time and and 
And the, those are usually when I think it's time for a day off. <laughs> that's what that's what I usually right. like. Wake up going. It's probably time to take a day if I'm dreaming about being late to work. Mm-hmm. But I've had these like multiple times. Heck, I've been late to work. You know, I think everybody has, right? Yeah. Not Bob. He's like super disciplined. But uh, most of us have. Um, but if you had an old crap, I'm late story. I wish the story was almost better on this one. But did you see that golfer over the weekend had to run to his to the yeah. tee box because he was late? late. Yeah. Golfer Tom Kim almost missed his tee time. Oh, Tom Kim is hustling. I mean, high tailing it to the first tee because his tee time is moments away. <laughs> did you hear the guy in the background? Like, got to hurry up, brother. <laughs> you got to run, man. <laughs> you got to run, brother. Yeah. And he's like running. He's like running, running. The video through. of him running yeah. is great. It's yeah. Great. Looks like an ice cream man. Yeah. And and it looked like he had his putter. So I, hopefully somebody got his driver to the to the first tee when he needed it. But he, he's playing at the this Genesis Invitational. Almost missed his first round tee time, which results in a uh, uh, a penalty, mm-hmm. uh, like a five stroke penalty or something like that for not being there on time. But. And there's all kinds of memes going around Two as to why penalty it would have been as to why. He he was running late or whatever, and it wasn't even like he's like he literally just lost lost track of time. They yeah. were like over at the practice range and whatever, and thought they had plenty of time. And somebody's like, "Hey, aren't you up next?" And they're like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, and I better go. Off, they took off running. Yeah. Now, did he have the right club in his hand? As you mentioned, I don't know. Look, it looks like a putter, looks like a putter. Right? Hopefully, somebody got over there. Can you borrow yeah, a club? I don't know how that works oh, on the PGA probably tour. Can't probably not. I'm no. guessing the other guy was scooting the other direction, and they ran there, and he. Here. Yeah, right. It looks like he's running across the thing with his putter. But sometimes maybe that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know how it is in sports. Guys overthink things, right? Sometimes you just get into the moment and you just go and see what know. happens. I would just be like panicked. Like I was over there practicing. I was getting in my into my mode. And now I got to I got to scream to the tee box and let one rip here. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The memes were fantastic, though, because there's all kinds of people coming up with reasons why he was late. Most of them involving like Taco Bell and In-N-Out Burger, which I thought was pretty funny. Like they're like, <laughs> it is California. Yeah. Again. And, but then he had white pants on and they were questioning, well, if he did that, yeah. if he had that, yeah. could make his tea time. Why is he wearing white pants? That doesn't sound like a good idea. But he was just like, uh, he was just like, no, man, I just, I just, I was over there putting. We were working on stuff and just lost track of time. Yeah, didn't. I mean, I just totally blanked. Wasn't even thinking about it. I was so dialed into what I was doing. At least he wasn't like waking up hungover or something and like Jake tailoring this thing. At least you could have said you were yeah. from the Yankees. Yeah. You know, like this guy was out there working on his game and trying to get better. Went, oh, crap, I got to go. Um, we had 27 minutes to go when we first got to the putting green, he said. Very precise, right? You're on your mm. clock. Oh, God. 27 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Let's get through our routine out there. I felt like only 15 minutes had gone by. Then somebody said, hey, you have a, one minute before you tee off. It was the part of the green that was the farthest away. And I'm not there when they're announced. It's a two-shot penalty. I shoot even par today instead of two under. I made sure I wasn't late. Literally 10, 15 seconds later, he called the tee time. I was fortunate. I'm never late for tee times. Well, you've had those moments, though, and usually these occur when you're sleeping, right? Where you say, I'm going to rest my eyes for a second, and you close your eyes, and then you wake up. It's like two hours later, and it feels like it was two seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get into that REM sleep in that zone. Maybe that's what he was like on that putting green. He was so dialed into what he was doing that 15 minutes or 27 minutes went by like that yeah. and didn't even realize that, yeah. right? I, I do really like, again, the listen for the guy in the in the background going, you got to hustle, you know. You got to run, buddy. Oh, Tom Kim is 
hustling. I mean, high-tailing it to the first tee because his tee time is moments away. <laughs> now, good. that's high-tailing it. Yeah. That's not well, that wasn't. Fast. Yeah, he could have ran faster, I think, but. Yeah. You got to run to make it, buddy. <laughs> it, 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 it was one of those like really fast walk runs that yeah. we've seen people do. You well, they know? want to make it look like you're not late, right? But you're late. You're late, right? Yeah, you're, you're walking late. a little bit faster. You you got a got a half jog. You weren't at full right. sprint, but you're like, I know I'm late, and I'm gonna not look like, like I'm you've run panicked. into the store or someplace I'm like, like panicked that. about this, but I'm yeah. walking in very. When you're like late. almost got to go to the restroom, you're like, all right, I'm going to make that yeah. weird yeah. walk. And then somebody gets you at the door and wants to talk about nothing. And you're like, I got to pee. From the 816, I'm a firefighter. I've jumped out of bed at home before th- uh, thinking I missed a call because I heard sirens outside my window. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that. Okay. Um, Bob was late the one day when the naked guy was at his house. That's nah, true. I that's, wasn't late, though. That's the only That's the only time. No, he was on time. Yeah. Because uh, Alex went and picked him up. Yeah, I was on time. I wasn't late that day. Yeah. I was late for when I normally get in, but I wasn't late no, to no, start no, no. the show. Not late to start start the show. You've never yeah. you've never had that. But you're the only you're the only one. The rest of yeah, us have. Yeah. The rest of us have. I no, this I once had a girlfriend that was late. No. no that is not uh, the no, same not no, what we're looking no, for no, 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 from no, the uh, no. from the eight one six. From the 702, my late moment turned 16 last yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not either. My I'm late moment turned 16 last month from the 702. That's good, good revealing out of you. Yeah. You asked I if knew. anybody's had a panic, I oh, I'm understand. late moment, right? I understand. Yeah, Bob yeah. was not, that's true, he was not late on the uh, on the naked bloody man. No. Somehow, some way. Well, Alex did a good job of driving for the first time ever and getting over there and yes yes you allowed him to drive across state lines for those of you that don't know the story bob was late couldn't get out of the neighborhood there was a police incident in the neighborhood there was a naked naked bloody man running the neighborhood right and they cordoned off the neighborhood wouldn't let anybody out so i'm getting ready for the show alex gold was our intern at the time and i just flipped him my keys and said i need you to go pick up bob Mm -hmm. alex doesn't say a word just takes the keys and goes because i knew alex wasn't had a, he had a ride to work. His parents would drop him off at work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was in college. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> little did I know, Alex did not, not only did not have, did not drive. Never drove. Did not drive. Right. And did, he didn't say a word. He just <laughs> drove my car and picked up Bob. Never knew it till he came back. He'd never driven before. Never. Did a very nice job. Yeah. I had no idea. No that idea. He'd never driven no idea. before. No. Yeah. Nor did I care at that car point was, in time. Car right? was fine. Yeah. Or was fine, but yes, yeah. Bob did make it on time to start the show. That's right. Luckily, because that was the first segment of the show. So That's that, right. That actually turned out <laughs> turned out great. Now I may have overslept the start of a show before, so yeah. There was one time. That you did. That's yeah. it. That's it. It was recent, if I'm not mistaken, within the last year, I think. Uh, it wasn't even like on a Chiefs trip or something. It was like it was within the last I just, year. I just yeah slept through every alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I overslept. That's fine. We'll get you. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way. Oh crap! I'm on my way. Right. But, that, but that I didn't even hustle. Like for, for us, it's then like. Then I didn't even hustle, though, because I'm like, I'm there's no there's no point. I'm late. It's yeah. Like, it's not even. And it's not like we can stay late and make up for it either, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, just, we, it's, just, it's six just, to ten. And if gotta, you miss, you miss. Just got to eat it. Just yeah. got to eat it. That's that's what happens. From the 785, I have a dream. I'm late for my college class. I graduated 14 years yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. You're there for your test. Oh Those gosh. are nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I still have it every once in a while. And they're always, again, really weird, like. People are distracting me. I'm like, no, no, I gotta get to, I gotta get to. No, no, you gotta. Uh, you're like, no, I have to get to, to uh, 
you know, we have to start at 558. Yeah. <laughs> and why you're encountering people that early in the morning, I have no idea. But they're always like bizarre dreams. I don't wake up. It's like. 245. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. And, and then that's the worst time. Like, that's purgatory for yeah, us. Yeah, like, yeah. what do I do yeah. in this point in time? Because if you want to go back to sleep for another hour and a half or whatever it is, it's just, and then you wake up and you feel terrible because yeah. you've all, you woke up, you feel good, give me five more minutes, and then you really feel terrible wow. in those situations. 816, I overslept this morning. Coming in about three hours late today. Don't oh, seem wow. guilty about it at all. Being late for the airport is the worst. Oh, that is bad, sense. yeah. It's funny with the airport. Like, if if I book a 6 a.m. flight, right, I'm like, oh, that's no big deal. But a 6 a.m. flight is a lot different than getting to work at 6 a.m., you know, because it's just such a pain in the neck with the airport. You know, you got to deal with all that stuff. At 6 a.m., you're just driving to work. You just go to work, right? The airport, you got to deal with security. Yeah, and you're late on their terms. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to go hurry up and wait, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got the lateness thing for me, though, is is it's like it's a pet peeve of mine when people are late. Like, I, I think it's the rudest thing you could do to somebody is tell them you're going to be there at noon and not show up, you know, 12, 15, 12, 30. Yeah. Like, who the hell are you? So, yeah. like, I always have been just always early. Yeah, 12, 30 is 12, 30, not 12, 32. Right. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, there's some things to look forward to. We'll get to those next. Spring training is underway for those of you uh, still in your like football haze, like I've been. Like, I mean, it's franchise tag day today, Josh. That, is that I mean, too? It's it's it crazy how the season ends. You get through the season, you win the Super Bowl, and then here we are a week later, and it's already franchise yeah. tag day. Now what's next? And that goes for two weeks, right? In the next two weeks, teams will have the opportunity to designate somebody for a franchise tag. Will they designate Chris Jones? Will they designate Legereus Snead? Will they designate nobody? Right. And so for the next two weeks, we have that. And then all of a sudden, it's March. And then you're going, well, in two weeks, the league year starts. I mean, we're less than a month away from the start of the new league but year on, you, like, March 17th. I don't know you, but I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm emerging going, hey, what, what else is there? We found out today Mizzou's 0 for in college yeah, basketball. Yeah, Mizzou's 0-12 right? in the SEC. Wonderful um, news. The, the, the first week of, of baseball reporting is usually kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, of last week, it wasn't going to be, right? right. It, it definitely didn't turn out to be, to be that. And, uh, like, spring training baseball starts on Friday? Right. What? Yeah. Royals and Rangers. We're I like mean, nothing there, screams spring. We're, like, there already? It's crazy. It's amazing how, like, baseball players go down to spring training. They're literally there for, like, 10 minutes, pull on a rubber band that's attached to a, a fence, and then they play games. And then they play, like, 30 of these. Too many, yeah. Too many. 30. 30 of them. 30 of them to get ready for 162. Right. And then if you make the playoff, you got more. Yeah. 30 spring training games, Josh. Correct. Now you don't play in all of them, but still. There's still 30 of them. There's still 30 of them, yes. Yes, there's a whole whole month of them. Right. So um, you need 30 to get ready for 162. If you're a little like me, not all of you are, but I bet you there's a bunch that that are they be like yeah I'm a can become a casual Royals fan or you might have maybe dialed out last year a little mm-hmm. bit and I mm-hmm. didn't you know once they were in the valuation portion and it wasn't going well I kind of dipped you know I'm like yeah right there's other things to 
to watch or not watch. Um, you may be like, well, what's this team all about? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, we had Josh Vernier, our Royals insider, on a little bit earlier today. Uh, t- I, I called the kind of Royals 101. You can check out the the full interview. It, it was at 7 o'clock hour at 7 uh, at 610sports.com or the Odyssey app. But also came across this from, uh, from uh, Royals.com. Three key storylines for the Royals this spring. All right. Okay. Feel like feel like y'all need a little refresher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of us do anyway. You're probably in that same camp too, Fesco. Yeah. Um, so their first question: How far can the new additions take them? Well, as far as they can go. Which is interesting because you see a lot of the win projections, and it's like 71, 72, mm-hmm. which would put them at say 72 and 90. Right. You're like not great, but they were at what 106 last year. But see, I I know in baseball this matters, but like. Just because you went 106 and 52 or whatever the hell they were a year ago, 56 and, and you're not running it back, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I give you that. You, no, you've changed a lot of players you on your team, you right? Like it, it really isn't. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I'm talking about guys inside that clubhouse, right? right. Because you have you have a, a you have a group of of players that were here, and then a whole bunch of newbies. To give you a football good. example, and I know it's easier to flip it in football, but Andy Reid took over a two and fourteen team and went eleven and five the next year. And at no point during that following season, like when football happens, the season ends and we just dismiss it and we move on. Baseball loves to hold on to records and past and all the nonsense that nobody cares about anymore in 2024. What they did last season is completely irrelevant to what they're going to do this season because of how many faces have changed and how many guys are gone you hope, and how many you new hope players are here. Right? Completely irrelevant. Yeah, but but I think I think it is though, because are, are you telling me that they're going to be the same team or just a skosh better with Michael Watka and Seth Lugo in the rotation compared to whoever the hell they had in the rotation a I year ago, right? The bullpen seemingly looks like they can get outs this year compared to last year. They couldn't get anybody out there pouring gasoline on the fire and nobody could hit out of a wet paper bag. But now you got Bobby Wood, who came on to be one of the great young stars in baseball. I'm excited to see Vinny Pasquantino. I think Michael Franco has proven that he can be a, a, a good player. Or Michael Garcia has proven he can be a legit player every day. I think you got Hunter Renfro, who's a legit major league bat in your lineup right now. Like, So I look at what happened last year and go, yeah, that really stunk. But I hate when people say, well, if they go and, and win 72, that's a 16-game improvement. That's unheard of in major league baseball. No, it's not. Well, the, Rangers, the Texas Rangers. They did. They, yeah. they also spent a Boku amount of money. Yeah. So did the Royals, though. So did the Royals. So, yeah. The way to ask Vern, can uh, they improve 16 games or maybe the bar should be different? I like that. I think last time we spoke, uh, Bobby mentioned 72, and that sounded right to me. That's a massive jump. But the reason why last year was so atrocious was the pitching. So when you go out and you bring in two guys that, look, I'm not going to say that Waka or Lugo or any of the relievers that they brought in are the equivalent of James Shields or Wade Davis or or Greg Holland. Uh, And that's fine. Again, we're talking about a 70 to 72 win team. All I really, well, there are a lot of things I wanted out of this offseason, but the main thing I wanted out of this offseason is I didn't want Bobby, Vinny, Massey, and Mike Hell to become losers like Merrifield and Lopez and Dozier and so many in the past have. Uh, And not to knock them, but you show up to the ballpark understanding that we're probably going to lose, expecting to lose, and accepting that you're going to lose. Uh, In the previous regimes, as we've talked about, they made sure that didn't happen to Moose and Haas in that summer of, for that offseason going into 2013. Waka, Stratton, Smith, 
Schreiber, Lugo, all of these pitchers that they brought in, it's going to allow Bobby and Vinny and the rest of these young bats to stand on that first baseline on opening day and no longer feel the pressure of, if we don't get the job done, we're going to lose. If we don't put up six runs, we're going to lose because now we have a pitching staff that's at least going to keep us in the game. Now, it's not, again, a great pitching staff, but if we could scratch across four runs or more, yeah, we got a chance to win. We all remember the four or more statistic from back in the day in 2013 and 2014 where, man, if this offense could string together some hits, the pitching was good enough to make it hold up. I think you're in that situation. Now, I don't think you have the hitting that you did back in 13 and 14, but you might, and that's what we're excited about. Cool. I think that's that's a great way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mired in losing, yeah, you can't have your core suffer much more of that. It's just it's too hard to overcome. It is, yeah. You, you've got to get these guys the ability to know what winning feels like at the big league level. And, and I think, you know, last year was an evaluation season for the Royals. This year, if you want to put like a slogan or a term on it, I think Vern kind of hit on it. Don't be losers. And there were many years where there were too many guys that walked around this organization that just became losers because of the environment that was here and never knew what winning was like and never had that experience of winning. Well, you're bringing in Michael Waka, who's won in, in Major League Baseball, obviously with the Cardinals and with the Padres. Same with Lugo, had the opportunity to be part of an organization you know, that went to the postseason. Hunter Renfro has been a part of numerous teams that have won over the years. And so you start to bring in those guys that have that ability and understanding of what it takes to win at the big league level, but also what it feels like to win at the big league level. And they're not going to sit by and allow a team to go 56 and 106 or whatever it is because they're not used to that and they're not going to stand for that. And, and they're going to start holding some people accountable. And so I think it was very important to not allow this group of young players to go more than just that one season being losers. Now the expectation is out there for you to go out and win some baseball games. And you can say to your players inside that locker room, Hey, we went out and we improved this roster, right? We're not running it back with the same guys. We went out there and got rid of the dead weight, brought in new players, and now you have the opportunity to win. Go do it. So the expectation has been set by ownership. Uh, J.J. Piccolo dropped by with uh, with Cody and Gold recently to discuss the motivation as well from across the uh, the parking lot. Seeing the Chiefs win, well, mm-hmm. we know that it worked in reverse before. Now we're going to send it back the other direction. Yeah, I, I don't look at it as pressure. I, I look at it as motivation. You know, unfortunately, a lot of our front office was here in 14 and 15, and we saw it. We, we lived it firsthand. Like, we know. Yeah what it's like and the good part right now with the Chiefs winning I mean I think it's fabulous for the city if we can have two teams at the highest level you know the major leagues and the NFL and in the World Series and in the Super Bowl that would be awesome Uh, but the nice thing right now like our players go to the Chiefs games and they see the, the, the fandomness there and you know they love it and they they thrive on it and they'll talk about hey we need to grab that crowd over here and you know those of us who have seen it say, trust me, they'll be here. You know, <laughs> they'll be here. You guys win, they'll be here. So I think it's more motivation than pressure. Uh, and I think it's exciting for the city. You always want good things to happen for this city. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Motivation, pressure, whatever you want to call it. It's all right. right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this thing, right? Looks and like fun over there. Let's have some of that fun over here. And I Let's like how, how, you know, we hear from J.J. kind of reversing what the Chiefs did with the Royals back in the day. And we, we've well documented that, how the Royals were the – 
the uh, the blueprint that the Chiefs looked at and said, hey, if they can do that over there, why can't we do that over here? So they went out and got Mahomes. We went out and got Bobby Witt. It's going to take a little bit longer in baseball to flip the switch than it did in, in football, but that's the right mindset to have. Hey, man, you know, they're our inspiration right now. They, we were their inspiration 10 years ago, so let's reverse it and see what's going on over there. We want to do that over here. Go out there and win some games. Now, this is how you make your pro debut. We'll get to it next. a way to win over your fan base I give you Matt Rempe probably don't know the name I like the fact that you were dialed into the NHL this weekend too okay I bet they sold a ton of this cat's jerseys New York Rangers rookie forward making his NHL debut in the outdoor game at MetLife Stadium Anticipation building. This youngster's going to get in the mix in this game. Yep. His first shift, the puck hasn't even dropped yet, and he's throwing haymakers. NHL debut. Hello. Wow, a fight before they even dropped the puck. First time on the ice of the National Hockey League, and he is squaring off with Matt Martin. And he is a big man. The 21-year-old is 6'7", 241 pounds. Okay, that's enough. Not often that Martin's giving up that much size. Just looking around, he couldn't believe he was making his debut. He said, this is so great. And now, as you mentioned, the puck barely hits the ice. He's ice in his hand. He's five minutes on the board. That's awesome. It's fantastic. He He's was sitting great. in the yeah. penalty box with ice on his fingertips, yeah. on his on his knuckles, because <laughs> he threw down before he ever skated a minute. That is awesome. There were a lot of good fights hey, in the NHL this weekend. Here's your debut. I'm here. It was where, a good-looking fight, too. Where else are you going to have the opportunity to become a legend overnight, right? You, you don't think you, there's a Ranger fan that's not like just completely stoked right it's it's islanders rangers first of all so it's a big rivalry game it's an outdoor game it's on national tv the giants and jet players were in attendance there's seventy five thousand people at the game everybody watching at home holiday weekend and this is the way you endear yourself to the ranger crowd it's unbelievable and and, and that ranger crowd loved that up and the fact that he's six foot seven without the the uh the hockey skates too yeah tells you how big a dude this guy is but he didn't care man he's 21 years old and he didn't know what he didn't know and he just went out there and waylaid that guy <laughs> the quotes afterwards are great too because apparently it was agreed to like literally they were in on it too mm-hmm Rempe came in here and provided exactly what we needed him to do, Rangers coach Peter Lavalette said. Kudos to Martin, the guy he fought, for giving him the first one up here. It was a heck of a fight of a memorable <laughs> day for him. Dropping the gloves of the player, that's a real tough customer. Yeah, he didn't care, man. That toughens your entire team up, right? That toughens your entire team up. And, and the Islanders got out to an early lead, and then all of a sudden the Rangers came back and just owned that game at the end. And to see this guy kind of set that tone early on, bloody somebody's face early on in this game, yeah. 
that's the way you do it. And you go, that guy's 21. He just kicked the crap out of some dude. I better elevate or my game. Or at least just willing to fight. Like, I don't know how you're not a fan of that team and going out and buying a jersey like yeah, right now. Right. That's so great. <laughs> All I can think of, too, there was an old Saturday Night Live bit. It was I a, mean, look at the celebration. He looks oh, like Big Bird in the oh, celebration. He's, gi- right? he's, he's just giant for yeah. hockey player. There was an old Saturday Night Live bit, though. It was, it was, a, it was a Bud Light ad. And it was, you know, bring out your bed. It doesn't translate That's to radio. Helmets. It doesn't translate to radio as well. But I remember that because I looked it up and I was like, this reminds me of that because there's a fight in this commercial before they ever before they ever play. Uh-huh. And uh, it's the two guys squaring off at center ice. You know, I'm going to go up against him. I can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And then, then right before they drop the puck and one guy goes, I can't believe he slept with my wife. And they drop the puck and he chucks him across <laughs> the face with a stick. And then it's just, it's just on and they're yeah. fighting. And then at the end they're, they're laughing with no teeth, drinking Bud Light. That's I mean, it was perfect. Like, it, was like a per- it was like a perfect spot. That's all I could think of here was like, they didn't even drop the puck, and he's like, oh, I'm fighting that guy. Right. And this is how I'm going to start my NHL career. It was fantastic. Awesome. But it was also a great game. I, I, did, did you stick with it the, the entire time? I mean, the, the Rangers are down, too, with like four minutes to go, and they start pulling their goalie, and they end up winning the game in overtime. Like, it was an unbelievable comeback. It was a great game. It was a great weekend for the NHL. And I was kind of thinking out loud a little bit on on Twitter the other day. I would give anything to have an NHL franchise in Kansas City. I love the sport. The more that I watch it, the more that I love hockey. But how cool would it be if the St. Louis Blues decided to stage a game at Arrowhead? Like, what if you brought the Blues and Wild and played that game in Kansas City at Arrowhead? It's you want to talk team. about yeah. it? Doesn't matter that you're growing the game. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know. wouldn't go see an NHL game at Arrowhead. Yeah, I probably would. You yeah, would, of yeah. course, you would. You'd be out there for that. It's an event. You're gonna go watch the World Cup. That ain't your team. True. True. Okay. I'm going to watch Paraguay and Trinidad and Tobago. Right. You're going to go watch that. Playing. What the hell do I care about that? I don't know who those teams are, but I'm <laughs> going to go because it's True. an event. Yeah. If the Blues were hosting a game here, yeah, yeah. It, it'd be 75000 at Arrowhead. It'd be, it'd be easy. Fun. It'd be great, it'd be man. Fun. From the 620, growing the game, I bet it would help baseball too. Hell yeah. Before every baseball game, the first guy up had to square around and fight the starter. <laughs> like a real fight. Let's go. Yeah. Would you remember the guy that, you know, singled in his first at bat in his major league debut or one that had, you know, the tower buzz and then went out to the mound and kicked the pitcher's ass? That's it. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, baseball could use a good fight. Not this where the bullpen waddles yeah. in. They yeah. put down their mayonnaise and cigarettes yeah. and come in. Take it from Incarnate Word and that other team. Oh, the Corpus Christi, Texas A&M. Yeah. 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 When those two teams get together, you throw the that records That was a pretty out. good fight. That you was a seen good the college, melee. college basketball fight. There were as many people on the floor as there were in the stands. I think there were more on the floor than were Quite in the possibly. stands. <laughs> <laughs> Very odd game to, to square up at, but. You know. Yeah, you know. but those are rivals. I mean, those are, you know, incarnate word is San Antonio. Corpus Christi is based probably in Houston. I don't know. Um, and so those two teams squared off and, you know, wanted to fight. Hmm. Did Corpus have a team and Christie had a team and then they, they merged. merged the cities? Yeah, they, they, the, they, they merged. decided they couldn't have one team together. Yeah, well, they couldn't have separate cost teams. savings. And so they saved it. And so yeah. like there's but there's kids bust from the Christie. Right. Over, over to Corpus. Corpus. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, right. they they merged the schools. It was it got too much. Schools weren't big enough. Uh so this from the uh the the quarterback carousel, the Vikings aren't willing to give Kurt Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. I can't believe this. This is a stunner. You got swindled once, you're not gonna go back and get swindled again. So you remember when he did this the first time, everyone went, whoa. Yeah. You gave him a fully guaranteed contract? Are you crazy? 
So it started with a three-year deal, and then extensions ended up taking to a six-year deal, but it was all guaranteed. Oh, yeah. He had fully guaranteed money his entire mm-hmm. uh, tenure there. The Vikings were like, yeah, we're not doing this again. Well, that's a smart move by the Vikings. Nobody in the NFL should get a fully guaranteed contract. They're too dangerous. The league's too violent. Good Even quarterbacks. Like, good you know? for Kirk Cousins that he got it. Like, more power to him. But I don't blame the Vikings this time. Like, nah, we, yeah, probably like to have you back, but we're moving on. We're not I doing think, this again. I think the Vikings have gotten new general managers since then and a new head coach since then, and they're probably going, yeah, this is why the other guys were fired. Yeah. Not that Kirk Cousins was a bad quarterback. I thought he was a very good quarterback. The Vikings could do a lot worse. Just look to Chicago at their quarterback situation, right? Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins is going to get work. He may not get a fully guaranteed contract for anyone, but I still think he's going to be in high demand in a couple of weeks when free agency starts. Yes. Like like if you're Atlanta, you're basically a quarterback away from winning that division, man. Could he go back to Washington? There's talk of that, right? Completely different franchise now, though. New yeah, owner, yeah, new yeah, coach, yeah. the totally whole different. thing is different. But fan yeah. base is the same. So, you know, there's that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're not fully guaranteed. He got his last fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. <laughs> but good for him for getting that because he did kind of do something unprecedented and he got a team to to, to bank on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we thought this that go was, around and be a little tough. I think we thought that was going to be kind of the a norm. precedent, the norm. Never and no, but nobody else. Except for that. stupid Cleveland. Well, they're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland's yeah. dumb. Yeah. But everybody, count. for the most part, has stayed away from that. So, yeah, where will Kirk Cousins end up? You liked it for Atlanta when they were talking about Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. But I still like it for Raheem Morris. I mean, they still need a quarterback on that squad. Who do they have? Uh, Desmond Ritter. Who do they have at quarterback? Kyle Pitts, right? <laughs> Yeah, I always hear the Kyle Pitts like the Chiefs should still take him off their hand because they're wasting Kyle Pitts. He should come be a tight end here. Uh, but yeah, that's a winnable division. You 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 do all those things. You can you can afford to probably stop gap if you're them, mm-hmm. right? It's a winnable division. It's not your long term guy, but he's your he's your until you get the next guy guy. I, I guess like semantics and here, then, but I don't consider Kirk Cousins a stopgap quarterback. I consider him a guy that you well, can win with, but I understand why he's, he's considered that. 35 yeah. Yeah. never really gotten over the hump, but, but also based on just that Netflix series alone, I'd want him tutoring my next guy and he probably would do it. Absolutely. He's like your Alex Smith. That's yeah. a great call by you. You come and you, you watch everything he puts into getting his body ready for yeah. like, here's how you take care of yourself and here's how you get ready. And, Will that? Uh, will the next team give him the full Tuesdays off too? Remember he had that yeah. in Minnesota too. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't work on Tuesday. Right, I don't come in. And they always say players stay off, but players, you know, yeah, they show up. They show up and yeah. they do stuff. He's like, nope, nope, I don't work. Be there. I don't work Tuesdays. I don't know if somebody's going to give him that, that great of a deal again or not. Yeah. Well, he do you want? Do you want a good quarterback? And and look, he's a good quarterback. He's a very, very good quarterback, right? Yeah. I th- I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more underrated players in the NFL. He's really good. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No, but nobody is. And so are you looking to move your organization forward? Yeah, Kirk Cousins is the answer. He is the Alex Smith, I think, of this year's quarterbacks, right? Go get that guy. Then draft your guy and have Kirk Cousins there I to think, be that mentor. I think he'd be a good good one. He and I think he'd be right. willing to do it, too. He would also uh, show you how to save Cole's cash. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. You'd have all your money at the end of your contract. You'd follow Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I got a question. Would you say Kirk Cousins is better right now than uh, Dak Prescott? Well, I'm not, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, he's not a Dak right. liker, but I don't. In terms of talent, youth, and whatever, no, no, I probably wouldn't 
take him over that, no. No. Because I would say, like, take you could take Kirk Cousins. We, I said commanders for uh, Russell Wilson. You put Kirk Cousins with the commanders. You draft a quarterback. Then there's a perfect hindsight yeah, move no, right it, there. It, it, no, I, I think that's the way to go. I think you treat Kirk Cousins like you're Alex Smith. Yeah. And you might not get that guy in this draft either. Maybe it's next draft. Maybe. You know. But that seems to me more important why you bring him back to Minnesota, too. Because the Vikings know who he is. He knows who you are as a franchise. And who you, you got. And and you, you got nobody <laughs> to turn it over to, right? So go draft your guy this year and then let him learn under Kirk Cousins. That's what the Vikings should do. Like, I think the Vikings are making a major mistake if they let Kirk Cousins go. And it doesn't sound like they want to let him go. They just don't want to give him a fully guaranteed I, deal, which I completely understand. I don't, yeah, I I don't, don't think don't. anybody in the NFL should ever get a completely guaranteed deal. I think it's a horrible, horrible business decision and screws your franchise. Because now you're looking at these dopes in Cleveland who who signed this creeper to a, a you know a fully guaranteed contract and they find a guy who's playing soccer with his kid on Saturday take him to the playoffs still kind of an amazing run right yeah. and then you have to go back to the guy who you paid because you paid him right right so the Vikings just look at the Vikings depth chart real quick I think it's Nick Mullins right is he still the backup there yeah Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs ain't gonna be there right no and that Jaron Hall played for a second too didn't he their fourth guy. Yeah, Wasn't Jaron Hall a defensive tackle for the Chiefs? But uh, Jaron Hall? I don't know. Wasn't don't... there a Jaron? Was Jaron Reed the guy who blew up the toilet? Correct. Okay. Yes. Totally different guy. Completely different guy. Yeah. Yeah. So the Vikings don't have a future there. Jaron Hall's a quarterback in the NFL? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Have you heard of him before today? Yeah, because I think he played last year. If I'm not mistaken, I, no. think he, I think he did play the, at the end of the year. Yeah, he when played they were doing the week before they actually officially got Dobbs, and it was it was bad. Yeah, BYU quarterback. Yeah, yeah I, I think don't. yeah, I think he played before when they had the revolving door after he got injured. Who's your favorite random quarterback of all time? Because Jaron Hall is on that list. <laughs> well, you won't <laughs> remember Jaron. Heard of him? You won't remember Jaron Hall. No. I will remember Sage Rosenfels. So it's a good you know, one. You know, yeah. Maybe because he was an Iowa Stater, I do remember. Maybe that. yeah, he but he played a while in the yeah. NFL, yeah. right? Yeah, I I I have a soft spot for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but I don't think he's a random guy. He's played for every team. Yeah, but he's never really played <laughs> decent. You know, he's never, he's nice. He's never played a lot though. But I always yeah. had a soft spot. Like, oh, that's cool. He just kind of just bounces around and thinks he's gonna get it. <laughs> thinks he's gonna get a shot the next place, and something weird happens, and he doesn't. Yeah. And, he goes about his day, and now he's retired to coach high school football, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to do yeah. down in Miami, right? Yeah. Tyrod, I think that's what he said, yeah. I, I think – I'm just trying to think of, like, random quarterback. I, I don't know who would be on my list of, like, random NFL quarterback. Mm. Damon Heward is on that list probably. Ricky Stanzi <laughs> has to probably make that list, right? I mean, that guy was random as they get. But not random enough because he didn't travel around everywhere. No. I mean, Chase Daniel might be that for some people, too. I mean, Yeah, Chase traveled around. What about, like, Danny White? Remember him with the Dallas Cowboys back in the day? Yeah. He could punt and kick. Or punt and play quarterback. Did he punt, too? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. Ron Jaworski, another rando. He played for everybody under yeah. the sun. Nathan Peterman's a good one. That's a good That's one. That's a really yeah. good one, too. Babe Laufenberg. Yeah. In the late 80s, yeah. Cooper He's still Rush. there, right? Cooper Rush is in that same Babe Laufenberg category, I think, in Dallas. He's like the infamous backup, right? Yeah, Babe Laufenberg is loved in Dallas. I he's, think he he's does a, a radio guy down well, there. I think he's the analyst, I yeah. believe, for the uh, for the uh, 
the Cowboys Network, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tyler Thigpen will always live in infamy yeah. in this town, that's for sure. Kendall Hinton, that's a random that one is right very there, random. too. I like it. It's very random. Yeah, very random. Nathan Peterman played for Buffalo, right? Yes. Yeah. And some others. Yes? Yeah, no? probably. Or was he always there? They just kept going to him. Gary Hogaboom. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, that's a nice one right there. Gary Hogaboom. Yeah. Who was the guy that the Jets had that was random? Played for the Packers for a while. Then played like a hot minute for the Jets and got hurt right away. Packers to Jets. Can't think of that guy's name. Ate like seeds and rubbed mud all over his face with Blue Cantrell. Was that random guy? Goes on that show. I thought you were looking for a serious name and you wanted Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe it. Uh, One publication says he's the logical fit. I would agree. Next. Someone did point out the text line, 913-586-7610, the Jays Southland Toe Service text line, that uh, it was Teddy Bridgewater that's going to coach high school football, not Tyrod Taylor. You might be right. Yeah, I think Tyrod Taylor might still be playing. Teddy was the one I said, don't retire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't show your hand that, yeah, he was, like, going to go. And... Well, he was the one that wore gloves, right, Bridgewater? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Tyrod Taylor was the one who got the shot in the ribs by Correct. the quack doctor Correct. in San Diego now tells everybody he's an expert on things. But he's been pat the doctor that is, yeah. yeah. But he's been passed around and never really got a chance. Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, just retired. And I said, don't retire. Someone will pay you. Yeah. Like, he, he announced, he's like, I'm out. I'm going to go coach high school football. Well, like, look, he's well, going to do something cool. He, yeah, like, he's got I mean, I don't job, blame him at know? all. It's cool. It's fun. But it's like, don't, don't ever, just don't say never. Right. <laughs> like, and then he's going to start dealing with, you know, a bunch of Karens and go some, back to the NFL. Somebody may give you a call. So don't, don't ever close that door just in case. What do you think is harder, case. reading NFL defenses or dealing with moms? Oh, boy, it's tough tough and then sometimes dads at the high school level too right oh, you, yeah. you know the dads yeah, get that I'm those talking guys about. off the fence the guys that are either a on the fence watching or the standing game on the track standing on the track yeah. or in the top row of the bleachers and yeah. they're all muttering about the defensive scheme that's being run yes, yes. i hear it at seventh grade boys basketball it's games, terrible Josh. i know i'm here to watch my daughter cheerlead i don't need a breakdown of the coach not playing the right defense correct correct because there's plenty of opportunities to go coach. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah. And go be a ref, too. If you're going to complain about the officiating, put on those stripes and those, yeah. uh, you know, those polyester pants and you get yeah. your ass out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw, I totally off subject, but I, I saw this at a, at a business uh, just yesterday. It doesn't, doesn't matter what business, but it, it said, you know, uh, we are we are a bit short staffed. Please, uh, uh, we, we're sorry for any potential wait. Please be patient. And if you aren't patient, feel free to grab an application. Oh, I thought that was, I thought I thought that was that, good. I that was yeah. pretty good. Like, <laughs> if you're not willing to be patient, we got yeah, we, we need some help. We, 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 need some, we need some help. I feel like that's safer. Like, oh, that's outstanding. Coaching and refereeing yeah. probably these days. All right. So, so did you grab an application? I did not. I did not. I was very patient. I didn't need an application. But um, CBS wrote a little piece yesterday. Mike Evans landing spots. Five logical suitors. Have you not seen Mike Evans linked to the Chiefs by somebody? Like, oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah. saying Mike yeah. Evans to yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. Rookie Rashi Rice emerged as an explosive downfield target for Patrick Mahomes late in the Chiefs' latest Super Bowl run. But for much of 2023, the team struggled to field a reliable wide receiver core, occasionally appearing to miss the electrifying pop of past stars. In KC, a proven number one like Evans would be a seamless fit. 
Evans, meanwhile, would get a chance to go out with a perennial contender. It's so logical. It's so perfect. It's not going to happen. Not gonna happen. I, know, I know. It's just not, is it? <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I just clicked on that one just to make sure the Chiefs were on that list. Because I'm like, yes, it's a logical fit. It's like, it doesn't matter what free Other agent you pick. Probably the pay, but whatever. Well, but it doesn't matter like what free agent you're even talking about. Like everybody's got different places for all these guys to end up. But everybody's saying the perfect fit for Mike Evans is Kansas City. Yeah. And it really is the yeah. perfect fit for Mike Evans to come here to Kansas City. But his list. Do or, I need to go down there and talk to him? His, uh, well, not his list, but this list was all AFC teams, though, which is kind of interesting, too. Ravens, Bengals, Texans, Colts. Where are the... As the Bengals are built right now, are they expecting to lose T. Higgins? Are they expecting to lose Jamar Chase in the near future? Like, that seems like an awfully crowded wide receiver grouping, well, and if you don't, nobody's going to be happy. Maybe you, if you don't franchise T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd's gone, right? Yeah. So you got Jamar Chase and... Fair point. If, if, if you know the Bucks aren't going to... Franchise tagging. You're not interested in franchise tagging. And if you're the Bengals, is the franchise tag worth it for T. Higgins? I think it's worth it to play defense from other teams. But you know how franchise tags ultimately go, right? Not good. Nobody's ever happy with the franchise tag. Do deals get done? It doesn't seem like it anymore. And and, And that's my perception, right? I don't know what reality is. I don't care. Uh, But my perception is like anytime now you tag a guy, it ends ugly. Or you cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you end up paying. Them, but like right? with, with T Higgins, we, we, we like T Higgins. Right. And I, I feel like sometimes we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth. When we talk about these conversations, we like T Higgins. We would love to have T Higgins here, but if you're counting on T Higgins to come here and be the number one, are you doing it the right way too? Now, if you got T Higgins and Mike Evans here in Kansas city, well, okay. T Higgins can be the number two. Mike Evans can be the number one. Rushy Rice can learn some more. Yeah. Do I want, uh, Rashi Rice learning from uh, Mike Evans. What yeah, a mentor yeah, he would be. What a great just guy, you know, just a whole package. Yeah, I would I would say, yes, that's that's the type. T. Higgins, who has to come and kind of prove himself again. Yeah. I'm not saying he was headed down, but he did have a little bit of a down year. He was injured, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he has to come here now with the expectation to be the, oh, we're going to raise your game by now, raising your profile and your pay. You've come here as a free agent. That's a little different. Mike yeah. Evans knows who he is. Right. He's the guy. Yeah. He's I'm gonna, Mike Evans. He's going to walk in here. Years. He's got cred like that. Yep. Rush your eyes going, what can I learn? Mm-hmm. Be awesome. That's the guy. Throw like, Obanez who can play. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's a good analogy. I yeah, like that yeah. analogy a lot. I, I I would. I Of of all the names that are out there, that's the one I'd be most comfortable going, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a locker for you. It's right by him. Because I think Rashi Rice could probably benefit from a real veteran inside that wide receiver room. You know, a, a real productive veteran. I don't know what kind of mentor or leader or anything like that MVS was, right? But I know what kind of guy Mike Evans is. He'd be an unbelievable fit here. Like the perfect player in free agency. Go get him, Brett. Yeah. So I, I like it a lot. Why do you want to go to the Colts? Why do you want to take a chance on the Texans? Or the Bengals, or have so much pressure on yourself to be a Raven. Mm-hmm. Just come here, Kansas City. Pretty easy. Pressure on these to be a Raven. Well, yeah. If you go in there, if he goes in there, he's got a. You know, they're, they've had that elusive look for a. Yeah. Somebody who can truly take the pressure off Lamar Jackson by giving him a reliable target, blah, 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 blah. 
you know, that seemingly mm-hmm. endless search. That's like a power hitting corner outfielder. Didn't they have that guy this year and he fumbled at the goal line? Yeah. Well, or, or an overpaid OBJ. I mean, yeah. Did you look at his numbers this year? Yikes. He had like four catches. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers may have done more this year than OBJ did. Was it four? Was it? It was that a very bad. small number. It wasn't a lot. It was like 14, maybe. I, it that wasn't was a it? lot. Yeah, it was a 35. Yeah, I knew he was like 500 yards. Yeah. 565 yards and three touchdowns. For like $85 million they paid him for one year. That's why you don't sign guys like that. Oh, but Odell Beckham Jr. blew out his knee and just hasn't been the same. One for 15. Just hasn't been the same. Once you blow out that knee, man, forget about it, especially at the wide receiver position. So remember that one, what did you say, 565 and three scores? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you take that or Rashi Rice. You take Rashi Rice right now over that. A lot less <laughs> money. I, I misremembered. I was like, MVS had better numbers than that. No, never mind. He didn't. Um, no, he didn't. But it was $5 million less. Yeah. <laughs> what were MVS's final numbers? Just regular season. Yeah. Was 21 catches. Oh, my. 315 yards and one tug. Oh, my. Maybe and I was looking at his numbers. Eight, eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown in the postseason. That's fine. We won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I mean, I'm saying eight for 128 and a touchdown. Okay, I'll take that's that. It's a good game. That's a good that's a good postseason. Yeah, that's Travis on a Tuesday. Yeah. That was his postseason. 315 hey. yards and a touchdown. Well, I tell you, regular season don't matter. Right? I know. Proof right there. Regular MVS, like, I don't have time for this. I'll see you in January. No, 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 and no. So next year, when he's doing uh-huh. nothing in the regular season, just no. remember. No. January is no. what matters. He's got the locker next to Rashi Rice, too. I've already given that to Mike Evans. From the text line, do we not think Rashi Rice can be the number one? He had almost 1,000 yards in his saying. first year. That's what we're saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, he he can be. So that's that's my question for the Chiefs then as well. Do you need a number one, or would you like a number one? Or do you find that next guy to run alongside him and be the two? I haven't heard anything about another, the wide receivers in days. Do you draft another? Do you draft another wide receiver and partner him with Rashi you, Rice? I, well, I think you draft one, and you I know? still think you free agent yeah, one. I, think I still think do. you do. But you don't. Have to, I don't. I think Rashi Rice's emergence doesn't require you to break the bank. Like you gotta have it. Like it looked like midseason. Correct. Like you just gotta do it. Whatever it is, whoever's there, you gotta pay him. No, you go. Hey, Mike, got a locker next to Rashi mm-hmm. here. I'm going to go out in the end of your career with a couple of opportunities for the titles. Multiple. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Two, three years in you? Two? The problem is that wide receiver group is empty right now. You've got Rashi Rice. A year ago, like, how are you going to get all these guys on the field? Now we're like, you got Rashi Rice, and that's about it. Like, I'm not bringing Hardman back. No, no. I'm out on Hardman. I'm out on MVS. I'm out on Kadarius. I'm bringing back Sky because it's year three. Because it's year it's three, like right, like, right. I mean, show me something. Right. And then, yeah, the, the rest of it's up for grabs. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm 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 doing a clean sweep of that wide receiver room. Sky Moore because, and Rashi Rice because he's a legit player. Other than that, I'm look, a help wanted sign is out front. Yep. Speaking of bad deals, 
This comes from Dove Kleiman. Do we still know if he's real? I don't or not? know. I don't know. He's, a, he's got a nice cartoon character yeah. about him that does stuff, writes stuff about the NFL. Von Miller made $14.9 million this past season. Zero sacks, five tackles. Millie was hurt. In 14 games, he made $2.98 million a tackle. Yikes. I love stories like that. You know, when a guy gets paid big money and then you break it down. He came back and he was like zero impact. That's why you don't sign old players, Josh. I know people don't like to hear that. They get mad at me when I say, don't sign this guy. He's over 30. But it proves itself every single time. They have the, this is the year. Actually, no, next year's the year. Potential outs not till 2025 of this contract, according to SpotRack. That's next year. He's got a $32 million cap hit this year. That's a good one. That's why and you don't get into these contracts. Four years remaining. Four years remaining on a con on his contract. Look, man, the last year of which pays him twenty nine, almost thirty million dollars just in salary. It's Yikes. why you don't go out there and sign these guys. You got to use your head, not look, your heart. That one looked good for a season. <laughs> then season two, not so good. Not so good. But again, he got hurt. He's coming off the injury, the whole situation. He's old. It's a bad deal. A bad deal. So we'll see if anybody gets franchised today. If you missed any of the show today, uh, Vern dropped by. Josh Vern, you're a Royals insider. I called it Royals 101. Kind of gave us Mm -hmm. the uh, here's what to expect. Here's, you know, we're all learning about this new team together. Uh, You can check that out. That was a 7 o'clock hour. Also, uh, Carrington Harris of the Drive dropped by to tell us why he, he didn't tell us previously that the Missouri Tigers are 0-12 in the SEC, heading into a huge matchup tonight with number 5 Tennessee. Huge game. Just keep doing what you're doing. Where are you watching, man? (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. It's going to make sure they lose now. Yeah, you got to check the score. You got to keep it going at this point. Why why, why win at this point? Who's investing into that? I mean, 0-12, God. Cancel the rest of the season. No, you got to play it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Uh, so if you missed any of the show today, catch up anytime, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can download it for uh, free, listen on the go, catch up on the podcast, all that good stuff on the Odyssey app. That'll do it for us. Cody and Gold are next on 610 Sports Radio.